0: We are the Adventuring Guild, and this is the Home Brew Review. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. This week, we will be running through the Underdark in Out of the Abyss. With me this week, I have Braden, Mike, David, and Micah. And we will be going through this very first one in the Neverlight Grove. Yeah, in the Neverlight Grove, which is kind of the Micanid home within uh, the Underdark. So we will go ahead and get started with
1: reviews. Hello everyone, Braden from Australia back once again on the podcast, and today I'm going to be playing Chark, the Teron Commander. Uh, the Commander is a class by Lydia McDonald on the DMs Guild. It's a non-magical class that focuses on issuing commands, which both benefit your allies and can cause problems for your enemies. Uh, the subclasses of the Commander are broken up into a number of different doctrines, and I've chosen to take the doctrine of the Slaver. Uh, this specific Doctrine grants me Offensive Use commands uh, that I can use to demoralize, intimidate, and dominate my enemies. I also gain use of a special Bone Whip that serves as my primary weapon and focus, uh, like a spellcasting focus for all of my commands in my Slaver Doctrine. Uh, my weapon deals a d8 and increases by 1d8 for every successive hit I do against a target to maximum additional dice equal to my Charisma modifier, So I'm excited to pump out some uh, deadly damage with this whip. Uh The Teron uh, race was one that I published myself in the very first Scroll of Strange Races. Uh, the Teron are a race of flightless bat-like humanoids that live deep in the Underdark and have a bitter hatred for the drow and anyone that betrays them. I created this race for my own campaign and somehow ended up finding its way into the Scroll of Strange races. Backstory behind the Taorong, they were enslaved by the drow, and that's why they hate both drow and slavery, which is funny enough because I'm playing a slaver. (laughs) (laughs) As their abilities, uh, they got 120 feet dark vision, they can speak to bats and influence them. They have some sharp claws they can use for slashing and climbing and excel in hiding, at hiding in dark places. Uh, Chark is a male of his race. The males stand around four and a half to five feet tall and have a matted dark mane that runs around the back of, from the back of their neck to their chin. Uh, for backstory, he was a scout leader of a, uh, scouting party for his roost and he was exiled after he was being caught for keeping drow slaves. He wanted to make the drow pay for what they'd originally done to his father and grandfather before him and uh, usually the uh sorry the punishment for keeping slaves in a Terran roost is execution but since it was the drought that he was enslaving he got exiled instead so he is trying to make use of his skills to help wherever he can now and hopefully redeem himself in the eyes of his community which allow him to go back to his family um uh, I was drawn to this, the uh, Commander class, because I love non magical classes that go beyond your typical martial class. Uh, The Commander has a number of different doctrines, as I said, and each of them have their own really unique playstyle that is uh, sort of special to this class and can't really be recreated with anything. It's a fun way to play a character with some great sort of support and teamwork based mechanics built into it, which makes it a very strategic and awesome class to play. Uh, the commands have their own little system. Uh, when I issue a command, I must roll a d20 and expend a will dice. I add my proficiency bonus and charisma modifier to the dice. And the higher I roll, the stronger the command is. For instance, I have a command called Fall Back. So I can order an ally to move with increased haste as a bonus action. I target a creature within 60 feet. Uh, all my targets must be able to hear me from my commands. Uh, when I roll a 1 to 5, there is no effect. When I roll a 6 to 19, the friendly creature can use a disengage action as a reaction and move up to half their movement speed in any direction. Uh, on a critical success, a roll of 20 or higher up, the creature can move, uh, take the disengage action and move up to their full speed. So, just little interesting ways there of um, increasing the power of your commands and, uh, yeah, they're going to be awesome to have a lot of fun issuing them out. It's a good use of the bonus action. I expect the to be fairly well balanced. Uh, it's just re- uh, recently received a major update, and nearly all the original problems that I spotted were rectified. Uh, there's still a few things that I'd like to see uh, maybe changed around, but I can only really uh, find those out at the later levels, so that's something I'll keep an eye on and provide feedback for Lydia when it comes to it. Uh, Thanks for having me on, everyone. I'm excited, and I look forward to playing with you all.
0: Yeah, that was one thing I was going to bring up, is it just received an update like a couple of days before we were set to record. So I'm glad we were able to test this once it has been
2: actually done, or redone. Well, hey, I'm Mike. I'm back. Uh, This time I'm coming with Squig Wardcaller, the Goblin X-Slave, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, I'm going with the Goblin Player Race uh, version from... What was that, Bob? Was it from... The Forgotten Archives. There you go. Oh, no, no, for the uh, the Goblin Race. Oh, the Goblin. Um, did you use the one out of Volo's? one of the core, yes, Volo's <laughs> Guide. Uh, yeah. So basically just a little guy, a uh, little little less movement speed, some <laughs> some kind of crappy old stats, but he's a Goblin. What do you expect? Uh, the background I'm using is an orc-slave background uh, done by Ben Third. Uh... Basically, at one point in time, he was... <laughs> he's got a long backstory. Maybe we can record it later and we to <laughs> add that to it. Um, I actually wrote in our, our uh, Facebook group as we were preparing for this, I wrote probably a 12-paragraph backstory that showed up on Messenger. Uh, long story short, he's been recently captured as an orc slave. He's been forced to do jump, uh, grunt work, and he's out just tooling around and discovers at some point that he is in fact an idolist. All these dreams and all these sensations of wanting to command a warg, he has in fact done so and the idolist class manifested within him, allowing to summon a an albino ward that will not only obey his commands and act sort of like a ranger uh, companion, only what I've noticed about this particular idolist class, which by the way is done by Pound, pound zero, zero, <clears> Town00, <throat> The Idolist summons this avatar, and it grows with them and mutates with them. They have some really interesting abilities, such as Lifelink, where starting a second level, they can share pain. When the avatar is dealt damage, you can use the reaction the avatar to divide the damage between each of you. So, targets against me, I'm going to take all the damage. Anytime that it's damaged against just the avatar, I can actually choose to soak some of that damage for him. But, it's a four hit die class, so I don't have a lot of hit points to really boost around there, and I did not stack my constitution well. So, however, we level up, and each level you gain evolution points. And with these evolution points, you can purchase a string of different one, two, or three point evolutions. And some of them are extremely creative. Some of them are very basic, like what you would imagine. Um, And you can just go ahead and build this creature to do whatever you'd like. The selection for the Idolist is a beast or an elemental or an abomination, I believe, that is one-half challenge rating or less. And I selected the ward just partially because of the character uh, decision that I made for Squig. Also because of the fact that it is the probably the most powerful of those selections. He gets 2d6 for attacks, he has a decent amount of hit points, and the plan I have for him to evolve is going to be monstrous, to say the least. Um, I do feel like this class already starts off a little more powered than the Ranger. Uh, The character itself does not have a ton of abilities as far as damage dealing. The Beast does all the work. Uh, He does eventually build into some arcane spellcasting that can help out, but it's mostly buff and a little bit of damage. So, whereas the ranger can only use his action to command the beast in this particular case, I can take my action and the beast can take an action. Uh, So that's a little more powered. Also, rangers, I believe, they can only select up to one-fourth challenge rating, where I can take one-half, and that gets a little more additional power on top of things. Um, As we progress, I'll point out some things where I feel like it may be a little more overpowered, but. I don't want to make assumptions until we've actually seen some gameplay. I believe that's it. All right. Backstory to come. (laughs) Yeah, that is always one crazy thing about when
0: you get a companion involved. How much, where is that split at as far as character power
2: versus pet power? Right. You know? And that's what I think, that's where I hope the balance is, is where with the Ranger they can equip these massive weapons and just from, from range or with uh, dual wielding attacks and they can just get a lockdown done up front and the beast can be there as a support. Um in this case I feel like it's literally the opposite where the beast is gonna yeah. be doing the majority of the work. That's awesome. Go ahead Dave. Uh I'm David Campbell. I'll be playing the
3: Waterbender class by Reddit username Garrett. He's created classes for all four bending types, but uh, I chose the Waterbender mostly because I thought it fit well with the group we had going today. It's very versatile as far as play styles. It functions a lot like the Wizard class. You use Intelligence as your bending ability score, which is essentially your spell score. You have a spell save, DC, all that stuff. And the spell list that you have available to you, it's its really unique, it's really cool, and what I like most about it is it gives you a ton of options for playstyle. You can play it mainly healing, you can play it mainly support with some buffs in there as well, or you can try and take it offensively and deal some pretty good damage. There's even, there's even some stuff here that allows you to do... Um, a control playstyle where you kind of take control of where people can move around and actually maneuver around the battlefield so that's really awesome i'm looking forward to a lot of flexibility there uh... my character is a human waterbender named Unaktu of the Nanuk clan in the northern water tribe he is the first son of a noble family and his backstory is essentially Uh, He had finished his education and he was kind of climbing the ladder, so to speak, that most young nobles go through as they go through leadership positions, and he found that he really didn't fit inside that society. He felt a calling more as a healer, taking advantage of those types of waterbending abilities. But uh, that didn't really fit with his father's expectations for him or the expectations of his family because he was expected to, you know, eventually take on that role as head of the family in a leadership position and do that as a healer would be unthinkable. So he thought it better to put himself into some sort of self-exile so that one of his younger brothers, who um, fit that role better, could legally take over as head of the family while he goes out and figures out what exactly he wants to be, what he wants to make of himself. So yeah, that's, that's it for my character, but other than that, I'm looking forward to a lot of interesting interactions between my spells, the spell list and especially, um, a couple of special abilities like this thing called a Tidal Conduit, which is essentially, it's kind of a passive ability where during combat, combat for a minute or two, I can move water around me and use it to, like, reach out and touch stuff and make certain melee attacks, and it gives me a decent bonus to AC. It has to do with my, um, intelligence modifier, but... At fourth level, I get plus 6 AC while I'm using my title Conduit, which is twice a day for one minute at a time, so it's not that long that you get that, but while you're in battle, it's insanely useful to have something like that. Now, I can't use armor, really, so it kind of balances out, but I'm looking forward to seeing how all that interacts and how it blends with the team of You know, how 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 I'm able to function as a support character using that kind of stuff. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Um, It seems relatively balanced, but it's a relatively new class. I haven't seen a lot of it on DM's Guild, so I'm just looking forward to seeing how it works, how it blends. For sure, yeah. I know that was kind of one of
0: those things that, like you said, with the wizard, it's a lot like the Blade Dancer, where, you know, you can only dance a certain amount of times, but when you do, you get that weapon bonus, which for you is those tendrils, and then, you know, the bonus to AC, so it's not like unarmored defense all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a partial unarmored defense. Right. Hello, everybody!
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm back again. This is Micah with more uh, random, nonsensical shenanigans. Today, I will be playing a grung... Chef. Um, The Grung Race being brought to you by Christopher Lindsay, author of the One Grung Above fan supplement, which is full of some amazing and wonderful ideas when you just have to play that humanoid frog race. Um, It's got some really fun stuff that that balances itself out quite well. You get, you know, being a frog, your amphibious can breathe air in water. You get, you know, the strong leap ability. Um, kind of to offset that, you, are, you have a, an immunity to poison of all sorts. Um, offsetting that, the only language you naturally can speak is grung. So uh, if you want to talk to your party members, better hope you have a background that gives you another language. Um, you get the, the poisonous skin ability, which is kind of a double-edged sword in that, uh, Anyone or anything that touches you can potentially become poisoned. The you know, enemy who likes to punch and grapple you, congratulations, you got to make a poison save. On the other hand, you know that paladin who needs to lay on hands, hope he's got a high con score. Um, the other big, you know, with, with all of these, you know, kind of benefits of the the other real big drawback from playing the grung is the water dependency. In that uh, an hour a day, I have to spend fully immersed in water or I suffer from exhaustion until it's magically removed or I take a dip. Um, as far as the class, it, I'm playing Messy6's Chef class. There are a number of uh, Chef-related classes that i found poking around and right, but this is the one that, that really appealed to me the most. Uh, it is a spellcaster that is not a spellcaster, uh, rather than a spell list. You have a list of recipes that you prepare at the beginning of each day that you can consume and hand out to your allies that provide a number of bonuses. This is a very support-heavy class. Uh, only a few of the actual recipes give you any damaging abilities. Uh, any damage that you do is primarily going to come from your chef's tools, which are, for the most part, just reskin regular weapons that can do some crazy stuff. You know, you've know, you got your, your, your pan, which is a great club that... Gives you a bonus to AC. Um, you got your chef's knives, which you got ten of them. That you get that have a longer throwing range, and um, you have bonuses on two weapon fighting, and can eventually, depending on what you choose, get some other bonuses. And uh, one weapon that I will be utilizing heavily is the ladle, um, which is just a standard club that can throw uh, cake munitions, <laughs> which will will come up as a. As an aspect of the, the chef's specialty that I'm choosing in the form of the pastry chef. And a uh, lot of you may be wondering, Micah, <laughs> how do you get a frog chef? Well, poor <laughs> the the grung chef, grew up in the typical grung village. One day it was her, his turn to cook, and he decided to cook the greatest of all grung delicacies frog legs. The unfortunate truth is, is that grown children look very much like uh, rather large bullfrogs. And uh, he ended up feeding the village one of the village children. <laughs> um, he was subsequently exiled and made it his personal goal in life to um, become the greatest chef the world has ever known. Um, so that's, that's, that's how that happened. <laughs> Um, I apologize to you if any of you have children. Grung view their children in a very different light because they have so many of them. So, uh, yeah, looking very much looking forward to playing this. Once again, this is going to be a little bit sillier. You know, when I'm handing people fireball truffles and and pan fried skewers to eat to give themselves bonuses to do ridiculous things. Uh, eventually, get to the point where uh, I can, you know. Give someone the ability to automatically crit on their next attack after they get hit with an attack. So that's crazy.
3: As long as we play it like Skyrim, where I can, where you can hand me forty wheels of cheese, I <laughs> cannot I
4: can, uh, <laughs> regain all my HP. Um, um, I, I cannot. There are there are limitations to uh, the, the amount of time. it should be glad I'm not playing the uh, um, the main course chef because all of his recipes require, or all of his special recipes require an action to use. Um, I. I'm not gonna lie. If there isn't a joke about
2: hamwich and sandwiches, I'm I'm gonna be disappointed with this game as a whole. You know, I thought my background was a little tragic—living in an orc cage for a couple of years, receiving beatings every day, forced to to scoop the poop. Yeah, I never cooked a kid. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, whenever somebody comes up with anything that is backstory or a character role play or whatever involved, I, I don't even bother
2: asking. Micah wins. I mean it's just it's just what happens. It's become the benchmark. Like it's what it I strive happens. to achieve every time and I'm like, oh yeah, redneck goblin summons a giant wolf. No, I am superior. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Alright. It's all good. Yeah.
0: All right, thank you guys for those initial thoughts on the classes. We'll go ahead and get started here in just a second. Once again, I'd like to remind everybody that if you would like to join the crew here, please, please send us uh, your thoughts and your ideas. Join us on Patreon, support the podcast, and you can join us here as well. Uh, Big surprise, but we can Skype call people in. Um, and we know Braid, you know, flies in every single time we do one of these. Uh, just for this podcast, it's that important. But uh, I appreciate
1: you covering my plot every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, the our nine patrons on uh, on Patreon are, are really helping to offset that cost. I tell you what, we're sorry you have to fly. You know, in the cargo bay. Well, you know, we we ship him as a pet. <laughs> no no you know it, w- economy class we call it super economy um but uh yeah, so anybody that wants to join we do skype call in uh so anybody can join uh we do do it on the honor system with roles. brain don't lie. <laughs> So, we will go ahead and Nat 20. I was going to say, you know, that whole Nat or that Nat 20 thing on your commands. I'm pretty sure, you know, you're going to roll a hell of a lot of Nat 20s this time. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, no, uh, 100%. If anybody would like to join the show, just join us on Patreon. It's $2 a month. Totally worth it. You also get access to the Chaos Plan, which is our exclusive little episode deal. It will be going up at this point, um, hopefully in the next week or two. The only thing that I have left is to put in one last track of audio. So as soon as that goes through, we will be putting up the Chaos Plan, the very first episode, and you guys can listen in. one last final thing here, I just would like to talk about Syndicate Games in Kearney, Nebraska, located right downtown in the Kaufman Center. They are a new game store that has opened up there and have been great to us, and we hope that you will check them out. They are an awesome little game store that opened up after the Troll's Den, which I've mentioned in one of the long rest episodes, closed down. That community kind of lost the place where they would go to do a lot of those tabletop games, Uh, everything from Warhammer to D&D to Magic the Gathering, all of that kind of stuff. And since there was that need, the community pulled together and started this store. So if you have a chance and are anywhere near Kearney, Nebraska, please check them out. They are also on Facebook. Just search for Syndicate Games. If you do that, we would greatly appreciate it and tell them that you heard about them here. So we will go ahead and get started now. You guys would have been, obviously, um... At this point, you broke out of basically drow captivity. You guys were captured Oh, in... wait, so I've been enslaved again. Yes, you've been enslaved again. Oh! I know. It's kind of a rolling theme here. Um, so, and I'm going to go ahead, because we talked a little bit about this beforehand, Braden, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that it was just the three of you. So, our grown friend, having been exiled, walking along the dark lake somewhere, was captured by a drow party, and he had knives and a ladle, which they mistook for a mace and daggers. Who could mistake those? But, uh... <laughs> (laughs) So, he was taken in and captured. Our waterbender friend was probably somewhere on the the Dark Lake as well, or I don't know, how would you be in that? What race are you? uh, Oh, I'm human. Oh, okay, 100% human. He fell in a hole, Alice in Wonderland style, crashing into the water below somehow. And uh, you were captured by a drow party, and then our goblin friend just... You broke out of one slaver's pen and then you ended up, you know, getting trapped by some more slavers and again and then you ended up in a mortgage which is basically enslavement, you know, that way and and then a minimum wage job which is another form of enslavement and then the drought party found it. you. I know right. <laughs> and then the drought party found you and you were enslaved once again. But the three of you along with a mismatched assortment of allies was able to break out of this dr- this drought prison camp. And as you were making your way, out of there and away, a bat-like humanoid appears out of nowhere, who happens to be a slaver, no spoilers, um, but he joins your guys' crew, and, uh, now you guys are making your way across the landscape, having gotten to the other side of the shore of the Dark Lake. Uh, one of the prisoners that decided to tag along with you was a drow, um... Let me get his name, because I looked it up, and then I totally forgot to... Here we go. Um, One of your fellow captives that broke out with you was a drow uh, named Sereth. And go ahead, and everybody, just real quick, roll me an insight check to see kind of what you know about him having traveled with him thus far. Twelve? Sixteen. Nineteen. Eleven. Okay, uh, with the 19... Uh, something's kind of off about this guy. I mean, typically drow are just evil. You know, (laughs) drow evil, unless you're Drizzt, uh, and then you are in a major franchise, and so you're forced to not be evil. But, um, (laughs) I know, right? Uh, But (laughs) as far as uh, Serath is concerned, he just is odd. He has a tendency to lapse into these trance-like states where he's just basically unresponsive kind of staring off into space a little bit Uh, but he he has this very strong pull to go to the Neverlight Grove and being from the Underdark yourself um, uh, Micah and uh, I'm assuming you as well Bray uh, Yes, yes yeah both of you would know that the Neverlight Grove is kind of where the it's hanging out, and they're about as chill a group as you're going to find. So, you know, it's not the worst place that you guys could go hide out for a little bit, evading these drought patrols. So you've made your way all the way to the Neverlight Grove. And, uh, of course, you were able to nimbly dodge out of the way of some of their, not necessarily defenses, but some of their early early warning systems to make sure that um, you guys don't cause a huge...
4: Yes, my I give it is some mushrooms. Yes, they are. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Don't cook I, any I made that their
3: a long time the,
0: ago. The walking ones, you would have enough insight to know not to go after the walking ones. The ones that are firmly planted in the ground are okay.
4: Okay.
0: So um, and your chef's nose would be picking up on this this aroma you can't quite place. It's it's either really good cheese or nasty decaying bodies. You can't quite tell the difference, but mm-hmm. but what there's a very difference. few people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys are making your way through this, and the closer you get to the Neverlight Grove, the more excited sarath gets about all of this. Uh, in his own little way, he gets more antsy, he gets more distracted, but he he is going towards this place for a reason. But he hasn't said why. Well, guess does well, he by chance have the munchies? He very well may have the munchies. He may have raided your bag more than once. Few um, so the last I was confronted. But he is a rogue. And, yeah, he he is a rogue, and with that very high sleight of hand, he's been able to sneak treats out of your your pouch of culinary delights without necessarily touching you and getting poisoned in the process. Though he's hallucinogenic enough as it is, you're not sure if you'd be able to tell the difference if he did. Okay. So. You guys continue through this, this wide passage until you get to kind of a very, uh, the change in the landscape is very dramatic. You get to a point where the, the dark stone make parts, or makes way for the more beige and brown tones of mushrooms and the bioluminescent, um, fungi that are all over are much more concentrated in this area and so you kind of take this little side passage on um, sarith's guidance and a pale cream or pale cream and beige stalks grow thick and tall resembling the surface world forest fungi grow in profusion here and it is hard to find anything resembling a path between them the giant caps of the mushrooms obscure your view of the cavern ceiling, but luminescent fungi there give off a shimmering aura. With every step, or with each step taken on the soggy ground, a rank scent of decay rises around you. No, so you guys are very clearly getting into the Neverland Grove because the terrain is no longer rocky, it is now very fungal in nature, very soft, very squishy, very swampy, basically.
4: Yes? It's a good thing that these are fun guys. I do not feel there is much room to move around. That physically hurt. <laughs> I took four
0: damage. I know. <laughs> Vicious punnery. <laughs> I lost a one d 3 in total. <laughs> Alright, so you guys continue walking through, and you see large myconids walking around, uh, kind of in the distance a little bit but none of them really seem to notice you or do anything like that because you guys are just kind of walking through without causing a whole lot of issues. So as you continue in further, uh, you get to a very large kind of pool, lake-looking type area. Uh, So you guys kind of get into this very wet, damp cave full of nothing but fungi and... and slight decay you see piled up on one of the far corners, you know, bodies of carrion and whatnot that they found and kind of stacked up and mold and whatnot is growing off of them. You guys approach this area and a very large mic in it comes up to you and you guys would have enough knowledge to know to not attack them when spores shoot out of them. It's their way of communication. And so, sure, spores shoot out of them. Uh, you hear in your head a very deep voice ask, why do you come to the Neverlight Grove? Asked <laughs> Zedrao. Oh, uh, Serith just says, I, uh, I needed to come here. Uh, so, er, something is happening here. I need to come here. And, like, he's he's just kind of sing-songy, bobbing his head a little bit. As you whisper at the microphone, I do not sing he right head and <laughs> uh, the Mike and Ed would agree with you, but he doesn't seem all that shocked. He he says, Let me go get the Sovereigns. They will be with you shortly. Please wait here. Do you guys just kind of let them walk off? Do you kind of just set your bags down? Do you stay on alert? Is Sovereign
3: a good thing? Most likely.
1: Hmm.
3: <laughs> I would definitely like go over to, like, the... I'm assuming there's kind of ambient fungi just around, like, growing on the walls and the floors and stuff, right? Yeah. I would, I, I would definitely ask, like, are, are, are these your kids? Are, are these... Do these grow into to, to you, or... Like, how does that... Are these a completely different species, or...?
0: Yeah, another puff of, um, of spores would come out, and he would say, uh... That would be in the circle of spores. These are just the regular fungus that grows in this area.
3: Okay, I'm still confused, but I'm not going to ask any more questions, because the, the thing you're doing where you talk with spores, that's kind of freaking me out. I don't want
0: <laughs> Yeah, and this would be like 100% in your head. Like, they don't visibly have mouths or anything like that. This is all telepathic. And you would have run into, while you were within the... the Prison of the Drow. You would have run into Stool, who was a little micated buddy, but um, for some reason or another, he would not have accompanied you on this either through going his own way, or he might have been killed in combat, something mm-hmm. along those lines. But he was a really tiny little Mike-a-did. Um Aww. So yeah, you you would he, he was the little he was the mini uh, he was the baby bell baby portobello, um, it had not yet grown up. Um, and we we're pretty sure we know what happened to the baby portobello mushroom, but, uh, nobody's gonna say it out loud.
4: that's <laughs> mushroom.
0: <laughs> so, you guys wait for just a couple minutes, and you see two larger than the regular, um, and approach you. Um, the one has a very, very large, uh, Cap on the top of their head, and the other one has uh, more of a pointed cap. Uh, but they both seem to approach, and you guys, the natives of the Underdark, would know that it's a little bit weird that there will be two sovereigns. Normally, there is a single one. This is very much kind of a, a communal type deal where they're all in for the betterment of the society, so there's one clear person in charge. The only time that there would be more than one is when one of the sovereigns is about ready to pass or whatever, then another one would be appointed.
3: So, this is a fairly unusual thing. So, uh,. Um, So I would probably, like, being from a noble family and hearing, like, the word sovereign, you know, uh, I would probably kneel when they approach, just trying to, like, maintain the respectful, um, you know, just showing respect to the title, I guess. Okay. Just as a stuffed (laughs) mushroom. They, If
0: they didn't eat mushrooms and stuff themselves, uh, they they uh, would not uh, they would be offended. However, they do grow mushrooms themselves, so uh, we're good here. Can but, I take a look at one of the sovereigns
1: to see if they have any signs that they may be ready to pass?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Um, make a, a medicine check or possibly um, insight, survival, kind of what, However, you can justify it to me.
1: I'll take a medicine
0: check. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. Um, you don't see any visible sign. Well, I would say you don't see any visible signs of decay, but they are technically mushrooms. Uh, decay is kind of their thing. Um, you don't notice anything that would say that one is dying or has been uh, injured or anything like that. There, There isn't a real reason... Uh, That you can see very obviously for there to be two sovereigns uh, in this area. I will just uh, ask them why are there two of you? (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that I mean, really it was, hurt my throat. I know, right? I I was a little bit uh, curious as to what voice you were going to use because I was hoping it was it, it wasn't going to be the whole Dark Knight Batman thing.
4: Like, I was a little bit worried about that. <laughs> I was I was secretly hoping for
0: Dracula, but. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the um, two Sovereigns approach, and um, that's the very first thing you ask. Uh, They first introduce themselves, um, the one with the pointy head, we'll call him, is uh, Sovereign Philo, and the other one with kind of a very large, flat cap-looking head is uh, Sovereign Basidia, and they tell you that there are two of them basically because of course the spores go in the air and everybody's communicating Um, they tell you that there are two of them because Sovereign Basidia actually came here um, with a group of other Myconids, and they were the Sovereign of that group that came here so they just haven't settled on one Sovereign because one was a Sovereign and joined the group of another Sovereign basically since you guys rolled uh, that insight check Oh no, that insight check was a totally different one. So go ahead, and everybody, roll me an insight check. Same thing, nine twenty. Okay. Anybody that rolled higher than a ch- uh, twelve realizes through the conversation, um, just kind of through the talking, that Sovereign Basidia is kind of uncomfortable around um, Sovereign Philo, choosing to kind of step away a little bit. You know, not not shy away like it frightened, but just seems uncomfortable um, with the entire situation that is going on. But they basically just uh, welcome you here, ask why you're here, you know, say, you guys, uh, they call you softers, which is kind of a strange term, but you guys would know that softers are basically the term for any creature that has flesh as opposed to something else. That sounds like a racial sort <laughs> I'm just like, most mushrooms are fairly soft themselves. Hey, 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 hey. well, you know. Um, Philo would, of course, you know, right, right. After you ask that question, he would say, You are safe, friendly softers. You arrive at a wondrous time. For Neverlight Grove is on the verge of something great, something marvelous. Celebrate as the joy is
2: nigh. Finally, something good happened to me. <laughs> question. Have you hired the caterer?
4: <laughs> a caterer? someone to cook a grand feast for the celebration <gasps> a grand feast that,
0: that would be wonderful one is already planned I'm sure we, we um, are doing the celebration in honor of the great cedar she is the one that will bring joy to us all she is the, the, the one that we are celebrating a wondrous and glorious surprise that you have joined us but who is this again? <laughs> she, <laughs> I'm sorry. she She is the great cedar
4: She has a great
2: Tree? Tree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> tree question mark. None of these miganades have any experience with the surface world. Um, They might have seen roots around. (laughs) Very true. That would be one hell of a tree that could put a root clear down there. Um, But you guys, uh, uh, Micah and Brayden, both of you are almost, like, visibly shocked when he uses the term she and her. Like, because Miketids, typically they're... Yeah, mycadids well. are gender neutral, for lack of a better term. They don't have gender. And so for him to speak about some mycadid with a gender is
4: kind of weird. But well, we won't assume that. He feels He's like a manzo. <laughs> <laughs> I've got
0: nothing. <laughs> so, you guys kind of... And when he does use those kind of terms, you see Basidia kind of just really confusedly look his direction like she or uh, Spacidia has no idea what Philo is talking about like looks really confused in
2: this but it's good to see as a time that's the only one okay so is this thing that Sarath is talking about is that what this is What's up? That? that something was... Oh, Sarath said something was happening. Is yes. That, is that what this is all about? Yeah, Sarath um, just
0: kind of... He's like, we need to stay for this occasion. I mean, it's going to be something joyful. Why, why, why would you not want to stay for that?
4: Because you are freaking me out. <laughs> and I am not going to lie. It is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Says the hallucinogenic frog. Yeah, i, I hallucinogenic when I cook things. <laughs> I think Chark would be looking at a Seraph just like death
1: staring him this whole time because he has a bitter hatred for all drought. Because
0: every word he says he cringes. Is like, <laughs> okay. Well, Seraph would definitely not notice at all. He, he is far enough like, and I don't want to say that he's insane, but he's got enough bonkers up in the head department that he would have no idea and he would probably take your glare to mean you know you're trying to get his attention or something and he would he would probably like yeah what's up dude read the room <laughs> yeah dude read the room <laughs> <laughs> Awkward turtle <laughs> all right so um They would, after, you know, a little bit more talking, uh, offer you shelter and whatnot for the night. Um, You know, especially if you're going to stay for the celebration. You need to be part of this. Everybody does, because it'll affect the whole Underdark. This great and magnificent celebration. The joyous time is upon us.
1: Turn to Basidia and say, What is he
0: talking about? She would, um... She would kind of ignore the question until uh, Philo is focused on one particular character other than you talking to them Uh, and then she would in your head uh, uh, kind of while he was distracted say, we'll talk alone about this later go along with it for now.
4: This seems very awkward. I am interested to see how this plays out.
0: Okay, would you guys like to ask him any kind of questions or anything like that? Or are you just going to accept their hospitality, wait for Philo, who's super excited about whatever
3: it is, to kind of go wander off? What would you guys like to do? Do you have normal beds? That's a weird question, but I just, I I don't, I'm trying to picture a mushroom bed, and it's not, I, I...
0: The ground should be soft enough to accommodate you softers. Great, Bitterfang oh, makes a great pillow. Okay, they would offer you food and drink that they think is Just appropriate. pot out. <laughs> they they would offer you food and drink that would be appropriate for softers. They believe and Grung, um, Mr. Grung, whatever you want me to call you. Um, let's see, Hemmage. Um you would inspecting these ingredients. You wouldn't eat this, and you've eaten some pretty bad
2: things uh, 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 in uh, your time. <laughs> just, just orange cake. Does anyone have any orange side of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, extracts so of orange. <laughs> you could do it
0: with extracts. The drow have all of this kind of crap. You know, with the with the recent popularity of drest, you know, they're all you know dressing up like drest and you know malls and that kind of stuff for the kids. You know, making money that way, so they're able to import that kind of thing into the uh, drow cosplay. Exactly. Yeah.
4: All cosplaying as the same drow. Who uh, is you know. diametrically opposed to their. Entire <laughs> right way of life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go with it.
0: So the Basidia after Dark Great Again. <laughs> yes. So Basidia, um basically after Philo has is off on one of his really long rants and you guys are clearly getting bored by this discussion Um, says Philo why don't I show them around the grove I'm sure they'd be very interested to see what is all around here trying to break away from that would you guys you know take the hint and kind of say oh oh, yeah we want to see everything or do you guys want to sit through more of Philo's discussions no let's go (laughs) Um, um. walk Okay. Um, Basidia then, uh, you know, manages to shoo Philo off eventually and offers to kind of show you around and actually does it. As you guys are walking, Um, while Basidia is giving you a kind of very... uh, glanced over, um, overview of this entire area, saying, oh, this is the circle of hunters, this is where those track down creatures that have recently passed, you know, so on and so forth, they put them here, you know, this is the circle of builders, um, those that harvest the resilient fungi that they use to craft everything out of, you know, this is the circle of growers, um, where fungi (laughs) is cultivated. They build with some serves, and they get mad at me for cooking one child! (laughs) Uh, Basidia would just ignore that entire comment, not really knowing enough about the grung to to speak one way or another. Um, Continues, and then um, eventually, when you guys are far enough out of earshot of earshot, uh, and they talk only with spores. um, Yeah, exactly. Um, When you guys are far enough away and kind of alone, um, Basidia would kind of stop you guys and express... Um, fear that Philo may have contracted some sort of diseased spore, and it's starting to affect the whole colony. And since you guys are are outsiders, you know you should be safe enough that that if, if you would help, you know, figure out what is going on here, uh, the city would be be you know more than happy to help, you know, in whatever way that that they could to to make it up to you guys and payment. You know, they don't have gold or anything like that, but Basidia can brew potions and whatnot if you guys need or or kind of whatever you want in order to, to pay for this this service of attempting to help.
4: I have no problem helping, I suppose. I just think that our do is already under the influence. And Basidia would definitely Notice something
0: is wrong because the Vicodids have had, you know, extensive um, interactions with Drow. So you know the fact that he didn't the very first thing pull out a scimitar and start choppy choppy would have already set off the danger sensors on something isn't right here, and the the strange behavior along with the fact that. Um, he's talking about this joyous celebration, despite the fact not knowing that there was a joyous celebration here until he got here, would definitely set off some warning bells. And so basidia would have, you know, kind of stepped just far enough away out of the spore field to only communicate with you guys and not Sarah.
1: I'd like to think I'm keeping my sort of hand on the... Uh, handle of my whip this whole time while I'm looking at the drought just ready for anything to snap in case he goes mad and starts attacking people
0: yeah exactly and you would notice that um the now that he's here he's even more out of it than normal like instead of the the regular hey we we gotta get moving I, I know we've only had six hours of rest but you know we we gotta get here. You know, instead of incessantly pushing to get to this spot, now that he's here, he's just kind of here. So the condition is heightening based on proximity. Basically, yeah. He's He is almost, I, w- I don't want to say comatose, because he's still walking around in that, but he is like just...
2: Whoa. Does it almost seem like he's not under control of himself? Like A little bit, yeah. yeah. You, you would get that feeling.
4: Why would they want to throw
1: much say to the city? Then, what do you want us to do?
0: I would appreciate if you could investigate um, this whole area, uh, the the Garden of Welcome. Uh, let me see if that's actually what it's called. That's what they call it here, but I don't know if that's a book title or if that's the the uh, just a headline. Okay, um, just investigate the grove here and uh, tell us. What you find, It'll report back to me. Let me know what you find. Nobody has been allowed anywhere near your mungus, uh, for so long that we we don't know what's going on up there, except for the newly formed Garden of Masters, which is, uh, I don't know why Philo would create an entire new grove or uh, an entire new circle. Uh, as we have always been sufficient enough with the circles that we have. Everybody performs a function. But only those who have who have taken in Philo's fervor of this celebration are invited into the Circle of Masters. That seems
4: very not like your people. Uh,
0: I 100% agree. He's like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, just to investigate what is going on uh, and report back as as other than your drow friend, your group doesn't seem to be, as you quite eloquently put it, wackadoodle as half of the mycodids in this area.
3: Now, do
0: you guys encounter, like, a lot of drow, or, like. Not very frequently. Occasionally they come in, including uh, one that seemed to. Or let me see if it's actually one. Um. We, we did encounter Drow not long ago, but after they were found and brought to Philo, we haven't seen them since. I'm assuming they were expelled from, from the grove, but I was not aware of it. Did, now, it, did they seem weird at all, like Sarath? They were searching for somebody. I do not know who, though. It, it was a s- typical scouting party.
2: Knowing what we know about Drow and how efficient they are at combat and slaying in general... How do these people deal with something like that?
0: Mostly they're left alone, but uh, their advantage is numbers. Like, they... When one of... You guys... Well, you might not know, but um, Micah and uh, Braden would... Yeah, Micah and Braden would know enough about them to know that, you know, basically when one is hurt... Everybody in the area knows that one has been hurt, and the entire colony swarms and just beats down whatever it is. So they don't have the biggest fists in the world, but there's 5,000 of them around. And the the actual mushrooms themselves... You know, defend the Micodid colony being halfway sentient, and they raise zombie-like spore servants out of the fallen corpses. Hmm. So they're, they're pretty nasty when they have to be, but for the most part, they're very
2: peaceful. So, so the, the drought would, would be better off utilizing diplomacy rather than coming in with force.
0: Exactly. And you guys would have a very sneaky suspicion when told that they were looking for somebody or something, that that somebody or something is you guys having escaped from prison and been on the run basically since then. Actually, they got here before us. They know their way around. This is true. Yes. And you would have been trailing for at least part of the way, like five or six other creatures, so your guys' band being much bigger and not everybody being quote-unquote native here um, would have taken
4: you longer. I do not have a problem helping you with your problem. I feel that... uh, you are good people air quotes (laughs) (laughs) and that I, I have great respect for
2: food that knows its place Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, to quote a friend, similar situation. I don't talk to my XP. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I remember during the
0: charity game at least one murder hobo sticker being made and handed out. Uh, anyway, um, back back to the thing. Um, yeah, Basidia would offer any aid that that you guys need, um, saying that they are a, um, a competent uh, alchemist, basically that you know they can create potions and whatnot. Um, if you guys need them, uh, they also have a small cache of things that they have taken off of softers that have died nearby that they have drug in, you know, and used for fertilizer. Basically, they've kept those items separate. And if you guys
3: help out, you will get this cash um, for helping. I'm no. down yeah I say we kind of just ingratiate ourselves to Philo and you know kind of really really get in deep to the whole like cult of personality or whatever's going on there try and get into the okay garden of garden of masters that's what it's called uh, circle of masters circle of
0: masters um, um, yeah and that's that's a gathering of those kind of that have been quote unquote influenced by Philo the most Mm -hmm. um, that would be who they are
3: otherwise we can try if they don't like let us in we could try and sneak in I don't know when these things sleep but night whatever that means down here.
0: Yeah, you would, you know, speaking with your friends, you would know enough to know that they basically just commune with each other for like eight hours. They all sit in a circle and shoot spores and everybody does a mass melding, is what it's called, Mm -hmm. and going full bulk in here with mind-melding kind of crap, but yeah, that's basically Mm -hmm. what they
4: do. Personally, I would like to limit my exposure to Philo and these creepy spores of creepiness.
0: (laughs) You would know... Go ahead, Bryden.
1: Are they... So if you're immune to poison, does that mean you're immune to the spores?
0: Ooh, I didn't think about that. I don't think so, because there isn't... I mean, they can do poison spores,
2: um, but I don't think... I think you would be immune to the effect of poison, but you wouldn't be immune to the actual... Yeah, the actual telepathy. I think that would take something like mind
0: shielding or one of those kind of spells, because it's it's Mm -hmm. basically just... The spores, when they they touch you, it makes some sort of telepathic link, you know, because you're being touched by the spores, they're able to communicate, because it's not a constant effect. Once they do the spore thing, they can communicate for like an hour, or 24 hours, or something like that, with you without having to
2: redo it, as long as you're within a certain radius of them. We had a similar situation where a person who was immune to fire, he was still under the effect of a fire, like an ongoing MLE kind of thing. Yeah. Um, He was still on fire himself, he just simply took no damage to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So,
0: Yeah, we had that come up with Wall of Fire, I think, with the Ultraloths in the last um, game that we did, uh, where the Ultraloths just basically walled themselves in, along with you guys, in a Wall of Fire. Um, So they were burning, they just didn't take any damage from it. But, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, the city would say that up at the top, uh, or up... A ways towards Yormongus which on the map would be um, past those two lakes a little bit and that one mushroom there's kind of that raised area before the very large cap mushroom in the back um, that is where nobody else is allowed at the uh, kind of towards the south a little bit of that you can see kind of a small trail going up um, there are two guards that he has stationed there that nobody is allowed up there but him and the Circle of Masters. So Basidi would say that that would be kind of where to start looking. By the way, that is a humongous fungus. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would know enough about it that your is quite literally part of the biggest sentient creature in the Underdark. And it takes up an astronomical amount of the Underdark. It's, it's one big myconoid connected sentient type being so even though it is a giant mushroom the quote unquote roots for this would extend miles and miles and miles all one living creature so you would, you guys path. that are native would know that so the ultimate delicacy I
4: don't know if I would want to eat that <laughs> I feel like every mycinoid within the underarm would have a problem with it <laughs> very likely Okay, um, I do wonder what it tastes like. <laughs> well, you might get a
0: chance if you get a little bit closer and investigate the area.
3: I will lick it with me, <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so what would you guys like to do then? You guys would kind of be, after taking this tour, um, you would be kind of right where that smaller pool is, um, kind of in the center of the map, uh, not that the viewers at home have any idea where that is, but uh, kind of in the center of the map, you would be a little bit of ways away, kind um, of near one of those smaller pools of waters where the tour would end, having taken kind of a round of the entire lower area. How high are those cliff faces leading up to that raised area? Uh, the cliff area, let's see here. It doesn't give me any specifics, but judging from the scale of the map, um, I would say probably somewhere between 5 and 10 feet tall. I'm guessing if nobody's allowed back there, it would be tall enough that you couldn't easily see it. Mm-hmm. I have a climb speed of 25 feet. <laughs> nice. Well, and this would, um, at least from the flavor text, um, this would all be kind of a soft and doughy consistency, uh, the uh, entire area. So you could probably, without a huge... Um, uh, problem be able to climb this pretty quickly. Is everyone, everyone pretty
1: stealthy? Could we stealth our way across there without the guards noticing? Um,
0: You all do have advantage on stealth if you wanted to try it.
4: I'm down for that. Yeah, I got a fairly yep. high dex. Okay, so then you
0: guys just kind of pick an area when there aren't a whole lot of mic and it's looking, and you know, do the look both ways, Scooby-Doo style, and each one at a time kind of shoot up the top of this. Yeah. I know, re- I'm waiting for some sort of, like, uh, tunnel-type deal, and there's going to be all these different tunnels, and somebody will run through the right tunnel, and then, the, you know, ten seconds later, they're running through the left tunnel, going into a different one, and just this whole, you know, crazy
2: mix here. I'm kind of, like, having a problem figuring out how we get Glitterfang out of there. Because oh. he's, he's a large creature, so he's a lot bigger <laughs> than average, and he doesn't have much for the way of stealth. <clears throat> yeah, he would not be able to fit into one of these cloaks of elvenkind, unfortunately. Yeah. Taller or not. I, I can, like, not banish him, but I can release him, but it takes ten minutes to summon him back.
0: What's his strength modifier?
2: Strength? This is plus three.
0: Oh, crap. Uh, let's see, that would be enough. Yeah, that, that would be enough that he could probably jump it if I remember right. Um, let me look at the... I've got a little cheat sheet here for jump distance. Is the oh. ground spongy like a trampoline? It would be soft. I don't know if spongy is exactly what it is, but it would definitely I'm be... I'm
3: picturing, like, memory foam mattress. That, and I also 15-foot high, high jump.
0: Yeah, running high jump is uh, 10 foot 3 plus strength modifier. Standing is half that. So you can, if you oh, you're running ten feet, it's three plus your strength modifier is your high jump. Uh, no, so that would only be six, wouldn't it? Six feet.
4: I'm usually good with math. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah why. three plus three is six. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But since he's a large creature,
0: he's also four legged. I, I would say that he could probably jump it. Uh, you can still, I'll still make you roll an athletics type check to see if he can make it or not. But, um, you know, with a running 10-foot jump, I'm pretty sure he would be able to make it without a terribly high
4: skill check. Fun fact, I have a climb speed, but
2: not a swim speed, and I'm amphibious. Yeah. Interesting. It's because you got the sticky pods rather than the webs.
4: <laughs>
2: Clearly. Alright, so what would you guys like to do? I'm going to well, sneak. How about... How about I go first that way, if I get spotted, it's just me okay. <laughs> me in the work because I'm by the way, I'm gonna be riding him 90 percent of the time. Um, so this way we jump up if they if we get spotted, it's just me if and then they could be like, hey you need to get down from there And I'd be like, oh sorry, we're just messing around. Meanwhile, if it's you guys are already up there and then I jump then we're all caught. That's right. you do. sound good? Alright, yeah. so you said just yep, go base. ahead
0: uh, Yep, go ahead and roll an athletics check. 17. 17. Uh, and is that for your you or the ward? That's for the ward. Okay, um, uh, yeah, 17 I'll call high enough. You know, he, he gets the, at least the front two paws up, and right. then, you know, with some kicking and scrambling, uh, he's able to get the rest of the land. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> well, not much of a stealth on that, though. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> let me check my stats here. You would see, um, right as you jump up, um, this plant, this plateau rises higher than the other terraces, screened uh, by a natural fence of soaring zertwood stalks. Uh, muffled mum- murmuring can be heard atop the plateau. Um, as you look over uh, this area, you see... If you weren't a goblin, I would probably say something along the lines of, you see something that would make you vomit or run and scream in terror. Because there are random body parts sticking out from the fungus. There are, you know, bodies and whatnot. Not not necessarily animal-like, but more humanoids with fungus and stuff growing all over them. And you
2: hear voices and murmuring and all sorts of really disturbing crap out Okay. Uh, let's move to position in an area where I can at least be out of the view. Yeah, and you can motion for everybody else to come back up. Did, did anybody notice that, that I, by chance, uh, alert no. anyone else's attention? Uh, no, nobody did notice. Right when you jumped up there. Okay. Though, so really, how do you read the facial expressions of a mushroom?
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is he looking in my direction? Yeah. I can't tell. Exactly. Where his eyes? Okay, so after if we didn't hear any screaming after a few moments of him being up there, I'd probably follow suit. So another athletics or stealth. Uh,
0: if you guys are climbing, it's far enough and spongy enough. I won't make you give, make an athletics check as long as you're. If you as long as you don't have a negative one strength in strength. Yep, I do have a negative one. Oh, go ahead and roll so. then, Dave.
3: Okay, that's his strength, so that's... Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's more than enough. You're able to get up uh, with a little bit of assistance from your friends. Um, you're able to make it up to the top. And Sareth is like, he wants to go here now. Like, he's been trying to scramble up three or four times while you guys are making this check. I don't want him up here. You, uh, try I definitely to, don't want him up here. Do you guys, what do you want to do to try
3: and keep him out? I could whip him in the face that way? <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't want to explicit that we don't want, like, you know... We'll tell him to keep watch.
0: He, he, he kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and keep watch. It's
3: Actually, something- it might be good to have him up here because we could always, if we get caught, blame it on the clinically insane drow that's with us, saying, Oh no, he came up here and we knew yeah, this was off limits so we were trying to get him to come down and uh, don't look that other way. We're just- say, that, that,
4: that, that very rarely works From personal experience. Alright, as you guys get to the top and you all kind of look around. Um, as I get to the top, before I do anything yes. else I am going to reach into my chef's pouch and pull out a lasagna alfarno.
3: <laughs> Excuse me, what?
4: <laughs> He's got a lasagna in his bag, Dave. Keep up. <laughs> I've got a lasagna <laughs> in my bag. And I am going to, as a bonus action, consume this lasagna alfarno.
0: Thanks for sharing.
4: This small slice of <laughs> this small <laughs> slice of lasagna is a small slice. <laughs> It's filled with ricotta, chopped onion, and ground beef. <laughs> what?
0: Go ahead. I'm just like, you guys are in the middle of a goddamn Underdark, running away from drown, Basically, prisoners and <laughs> fugitives on the run.
3: But let me grab my ricotta. And my ground beef. It's almost, no, it's 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 a it's a small slice and it's a bonus action. So this is like half a second that he's just like. <laughs> I've
0: eaten some pretty nasty ass gas station food, and this is what I'm
4: picturing this as being. I cooked this myself. <laughs> Go ahead. I think you have time to do that. That's the last time we made camp. Now, why you guys keep getting attacked on long rests? All that good and food. This small slice of lasagna is filled with ricotta, chopped onion, and ground beef. Once consumed, you gain a bonus to all wisdom checks you make for the duration. It is equal to the chef's wisdom modifier. If the chef's wisdom modifier already applies to the check, double it instead. So I'm getting another plus three to all wisdom checks I make while we're investigating. Okay. For the next hour. All right.
0: As you guys kind of collect yourselves, having, you know, just watched your frog friend consume an entire piece of lasagna there, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, <laughs> so the, low mur- the low muttering grows louder as you reach the top. Now, this is assuming you guys would have walked up the ramp, so forget the little bit of paraphrasing differences. The low muttering gl- grows louder as you reach the top, turning into a symphony of moans, cries, and hisses. The only light comes from the few glowing mushrooms along the edge, but even in the gloom, you can't miss the sound—the source of the sounds. The heads of creatures of a dozen humanoid underdark races peek up from the ground, mold and fungi covering or er, growing around them. One voice calls out loudly in undercommon: "A female drow found it fighting to speak. Please, for your gods of light, kill me!" She manages to stir within her living grave, rising a spider medallion half embedded in the bloated growth that was once her hand. Half her face is rotten and pustulate, a bed for the sprouting of scores of tiny mushrooms. The Great Cedar! Trap! She's here!
4: The Lady of Decay! Zutmoy! So, I think it orange cake, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> <God damn> you.
0: <laughs> her, her bloated and, and, and rotting hand is only able to grasp the medallion.
3: Are, are you guys going to speak to her at all or
0: anything like that? No. I'll take note of what she said.
3: <laughs> no. but... We, no. should, we should put her out of her misery, like, quickly. It's something Okay, <laughs> put do her you. out of her misery. Okay, so does somebody. Put her out
4: then. I'll uh, he's a spear. Oh, but, hold on, our our drow, our 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 uh, our is is vehemently opposed to this idea. I uh, I do not want her to have an easy death.
2: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs>
0: okay. Um, well, you know. <laughs> go ahead, and anybody that wants to can roll like a medicine check or something like that to see how bad this is.
2: No, probably seventeen.
0: Nope. Oh, Eleven. Okay, she is, with the 11, uh, she is, like, within minutes of death. Like, you're surprised she is still even even able to speak or do anything at this point because half of her face, there's just, like, mushrooms sprouting out of it. She's literally
4: decaying alive. Like, you'll only save her a couple of minutes it's not worth your time and travel. Yeah. so after um, our bat
0: friend here um, sneers in her general direction uh, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the moans of the garden's victim suddenly take on a new t- tone of fear as something moves across the foul ground a disgusting larval creature rises up before you showing only vestigi- vestigial fungal growths that hit that it might have once been a mycidin Welcome, travelers. This oh. abherent, micaned voice gurgles and spits as it speaks both aloud and in your minds at once. Are you here for the wedding rehearsal? <laughs> Friends of the bride or her intended? No matter. Let the love of the Great Cedar embrace you as you become
4: one of her chosen, the Great Body. Everybody roll me initiative. As as she's speaking, I'm going to hand our waterbender a croquemadam. This fungal, nasty larval growth is approaching you. Here, have a snack. This is quite a a, a useful snack. Um, You eat it as a bonus action. So, you know, right now, uh, you gain a plus three to your AC. I'll take it.
0: Okay. As long as it doesn't put you above a 16. <laughs> Alright, everybody go ahead and roll the initiative.
2: Ten. Ten. Or squeak and picture effect. You're gonna have me speaking with a French accent. Have you ever noticed that when you go to another culture, and you tend to adopt the accent like wherever we were in the military, you just you'd be there for three, four weeks at a time, you eventually. So right now I don't know if I want to be Australian or French. I just uh, <laughs> French Australian, French Australian. We oui, good day mate.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think you just defended like four different cultures. At least. All right. So uh, ten, Mike. Yeah, fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Who
3: has higher decks? I'm a plus three, plus two. I should. Okay. I should also say I got fourteen,
1: but I have a plus four.
0: <laughs> okay. And the enemies roll the grand six. All right. So we will go ahead and get started here. What you guys see in front of you is this weird larval, mushroomy-looking creature that is approaching you, and you see crawling out of the ground as he's speaking are two drow that are rotted and covered in spores, as well as off in the distance, just a little ways, about 60, 70 feet away, are two large myganids uh, that have strange growths coming off of them, unlike the normal mushroom type micotids, um that are running towards you as well. So, we will go ahead and start with uh, Chark. Uh, how far away is the drought? Uh, the drought would be right next to him, so we're going to call it uh, right now, we'll, go, we'll call it 50 feet.
1: Okay. I will, as a bonus action, click my bits of speed.
0: Okay. And
1: move 40 feet towards them.
0: Alright, then you're just going to kind of take up a stand there and wait for him to approach further?
1: I will use my attack action because I have a whip, which is 10 feet distance. Oh, there you go. And I will whip at one of the drow. Alright, go ahead. (laughs) Ooh, that's pretty good. A
0: 23 to hit. Very much hits. And that is only 5 points of damage. All right. Uh, that definitely did a significant amount of damage to him. You're actually surprised with how much it hurt the creature, but realistically, as covered in fungus and whatnot as these creatures are, uh, they're they're pretty bad as it is. So then, Hatch. Uh, um, I will... Uh, so they're about 50 feet away? Uh, yeah, about 50 feet or so. Uh, would be where the... Uh, Yistabrod, um, we'll find that name out later, but the large fungal or the large larval-type creature, uh, he raised two drown next to him and then the other mycanids are running up from either side.
4: Um, considering that I have to pull them out of my chef's pouch, uh, let I will move forward uh, probably about 20 feet, and pull out one of my chef's knives and my ladle. Okay. <laughs>
0: and I'm ready to go. He's ready up to cook, cook cook, up a can of whoop-ass. <clears throat> Alright. Uh, knock to
3: Is uh, that how you say it? Yeah. I'm going to use ice knife. Ooh. So targeting I'm, who? Uh, one of the drow in front. Okay, and isn't it a safe? save? Um, no, it's an attack, so oh, okay. I rolled a
0: 12 to hit. All right. Uh, the drow... No, that is not quite enough. Very okay. close. I... How far away is Noctu from me? Uh, you ran up uh, 40 feet, correct? Oh, uh, not. Who are you looking for? Uh, Noctu. Oh, uh, how far are you away? I would have stayed back. Okay, so he
3: would have still been about 40 feet away from me. Okay, no, mind. Okay, so, yes? Um, so, regardless of whether the Ice Knife hits, it explodes when it reaches, like, near my target. So they do make a deck save, regardless. All right. Uh, wh- where, who would you have shot it at? The large fungal creature in the middle? I would have shot it at the drow in front. Okay. Um, that would hit, yes. Uh, I'm assuming he only rolled a 12. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, so that's okay. 2d6 cold damage. Wow. So oh. twelve cold. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, as this ice knife explodes,
0: these tiny shards Did you just of say ice. Ip-nice? I know, right? That's this <laughs> ice knife. <laughs> I know, right? As this ice knife. Damn it! As this ice knife explodes, tiny pieces, uh, tiny sharp shards. I know. Too much alliteration here. uh pelt this drow, and it falls apart into lots of nasty fungus-covered pieces. So one is Whoa. down. Does that <laughs> sense <seem so> effective?
2: <laughs> yes. On then to Squig! Okay, <clears throat> so I left out quite a bit of what the class does because I figured I can just go ahead and inform everybody as we're doing it. So one of my evolutions that I took, since we are at fourth level, a two-point evolution is called Charge. Uh, Whenever you move at least 20 feet and hit with a Tusk Attack, which I also took a one-point Tusk Evolution, which grants me a Tusk Attack, 1d6 piercing damage, plus strength modifier, uh, but I'll use my bite primarily. So what I'll be doing here is using the Charge ability, moving 20 feet, I'll attempt to hit with a Tusk Attack. When I Charge, I add 2d6 damage, and then the Tusk Attack will deal the 1d6 Plus Six plus strength. Awesome. So, <laughs> and what's the movement speed? The movement speed, he starts at 50. Oh, Jesus, okay. Yeah. So, who like are you going like to the more? Warg is like, that half challenge rating is super big yeah. as far as that goes. Um, so, yeah. Alright, so uh, attacking one of the so, drow,
0: the larval, or, I think or the. Actually, uh,
2: seeing that the first drow went down relatively quickly, I feel like maybe uh, that one, the other one will go down also quickly. So, I'll get in, involved with. Uh, the big monstrosity. All right, and he is a large monstrosity. Oh, so is Bitterfang. Not picking on right. someone my own size. So, we'll go ahead and uh, move that 50 feet and make the attack. Uh, another thing about this is that the avatar receives my proficiency bonus to its attacks and to its damage. Okay. So, um, that's only a 7, but it'll be a 14 to hit.
0: Ooh, yeah, uh, wait, no, 14 is 1 point off. Ugh. Oh.
1: I, uh, use my acumen, which I can use once per short rest to grant an ally a bonus to an attack roll, ability to check or saving throw equal to my patrician's bonus,
2: so plus to the 12. Awesome. Charge will hit then. Thank you. Alright, so we're going to have 2d6 um, bonus damage from the charge, plus a d6 tusk damage. So 3d6 plus 5. That's going to be 9, 11, 16. Alright, 16 points. That's Enderfang launches in and
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: gores in with the thing. And now also, different from the Ranger, I don't have to sacrifice my action for him to do that, so I can also take an action. Okay. Uh, so with me riding on top of it, am I close enough to take a swipe with the deck? Yeah, that'll work. All right, so we'll see if I'm not nearly as proficient. Sixteen. That'll hit. For a d4 plus d6 damage. All right. As your uh, ward charges Koki, in... Koki, yes. See, it's fun
0: charging into battle on a wolf, Mike. <laughs> as, as your warg charges in, Chark uh, says, A little more to the left. No, <laughs> the other left. And your warg slams into him as you dig your knife into this large, disgusting, larval creature. You do that, and as you are right next to him, he points at a corpse. That explodes. I need a dexterity save, Mike. Oh, for I'm assuming for both of me and yes, uh, for, for the both of you. All right, so oh, every creature with it. Oh no, um, yes, it would be you as well. Uh, I almost called you Moonbones. Bones. Uh, it would almost <laughs> be you as well. Charge. Um, it's a okay.
2: ten foot explosion.
0: Oh, only a nine.
2: Okay. Uh, so I got an eleven, and here, these are the words that I wish because
4: uh, they're I, all. I even wanted you, my strawberry vanilla cupcake. (laughs) Uh, The work—it's a nineteen, but I only had an eleven. Okay, if you
0: rolled less than a twelve, you take four points of acid damage as this corpse explodes. Ouch! It burns. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We then move on to the enemies. The very large, disgusting creature um, is going to shoot. uh, No, he's not yet because there's not enough people close up. Um, he's just going to go ahead, and um, I'll roll to see if he hits um, Bitterfang or uh, you, Mike. Uh, that's a three, so odd would be Bitterfang. He uh, slams Bitterfang with one of his disgusting-ass fist whatevers and 18 to hit.
2: Mm, he has a 17.
0: Okay. He will take... Maybe I should have given him the croc Madame. Yes. He will take ten points of bludgeoning damage Ooh. as well as seven points of poison damage. Oh actually
4: we're not him any good because you can get higher than sixty right. at this point. Okay.
0: The one drow is going to go ahead and a pro or the one drow spore disgusting creature is going to uh, Walk forward enough to go to um, Chark, and he is going to attack. Let's see, that is a twenty-two to hit. No, no <laughs> <he> definitely <is. laughs> All right, he swings down his short sword, but it only does three points of piercing damage as he barely glances off of your arm. Uh, the two myconids are able to get a little bit closer, but not quite reach you. And from behind all of you, um, you hear an ungodly shriek of pain and agony. You whip your heads around just in time to see Sareth's head explode. <laughs> Spores shoot out of his skull, and he attacks Let's see if it's going to be Noctu or if it's going to be Hamish. Uh Even for you, Hanich Odd uh, you, Dave. Odd. Uh, so, Dave. Uh, Seraph is going to attack you. Does a 15 hit?
3: Uh, yes. All right. It just hits. Yeah. just hits. Yeah. <laughs>
0: just hits. yeah. Um, all right. Oh, but you only take uh, three points of damage, so... You're not the worst in the world, but his dagger just barely pierces your, uh, your well, I guess you're not wearing armor, but um, um, barely pierces you as you jump out of the way. Exactly. All right, we then move on to uh, Chark. Okay, I will take a whip at the
1: big fungal creature. Okay. That is going to go another 23 to hit. Very much so. All right. A. Uh, 5 points of damage. I've rolled 1s on damage to each uh, cool. it takes 5 points of slashing damage. Alright. And with my Slaver uh, Doctrine, when I make a whip attack on my turn, I gain 1 Temporary Will Dice, which I can use to uh, re-roll a Slaver command on my turn, and I'm going to use a bonus action to issue one of my commands, which is Intimidate. So I will... Uh, I will target him with that. Uh, the first one's not too good, so I'll roll again. That's perfect. Uh, I get a plus
3: four to this,
1: so that is going to be 21, so he needs to make a charisma saving throw.
0: Okay, charisma isn't great. That's a 15. He succeeds. No, otherwise it would have had disadvantage on saving throws for the next minute oh goodness gracious alright, as your whip strikes at him he points at another corpse near him and the disgusting spores that were infesting this corpse burst and travel towards him and you see that some of his his wounds begin to close
3: mm.
0: alright, we then move on to uh, Hamach
4: well, I didn't want to do this right now, but we're going ham. <laughs> so uh is going ham.
2: God. Oh. I'm going to pull out another bit of ham interesting ham. Ham-nich stands for hard ass wait. <laughs> um.
4: This recipe appears as a regular mud cake, but is subtly laced with syrup of Ipecac. Oh Jesus. <laughs> As I consume it, the contents of my stomach begin to boil and rise. Until the end of my next turn, I can use my action to launch projectile vomit towards a creature within 30 feet of me and end of the recipe. I make a ranged recipe attack against the target. On a hit, they take 1d6 bludgeoning damage. And on a hit-or-miss, the vomit then splatters in a five-foot radius around the creature, and I <laughs> must take a dex save, or take 1d6 plus my wisdom modifier acid damage.
0: I'm going to have to add a discretionary warning to this. There so, will be uh, projectile vomit attacks within this podcast. So just... Your discretion is advised. You just just
4: see the look on my face as I'm like... Very apprehensive about eating this thing. Just... I missed.
2: You <laughs> <laughs> went through all that.
0: I totally have that. I think it's the Goonies. There was one time in a theater where I pretended to vomit, and then the whole theater. <laughs> I'm totally getting
4: that vibe from it. So anyway, I, I failed my. I, I failed to hit them with the yak. But now there's just a puddle of puke around him,
2: <laughs> which I, I I grew up with. big Probably not the worst thing that we've been through.
0: Knock two. It is now your turn. You've just been stabbed. Did Fire. you say that on hit or miss?
4: So, so yes. Oh, he still must make a dex save. Oh, uh, that's an eighteen. That will save. Um, and every creature within five feet of him <laughs> must make a dex save. That would be both you and Bitterfang. Um,
2: oh no! And that would also no, I forgot that was be the guys. drow
0: spore, the the
4: sur- spore serpent. Oh. And he rolled a two, though. So yeah. he will take. Eight points of acid Holy damage.
0: Cow. Okay, yeah, no, that definitely just about dissolves this
2: drow. Okay, so the warg receives 20 plus 1 for 21. I have 4 plus 5 and 9. You also
4: take eight points of acid
2: damage. I'm hurting. <laughs> um,
4: it's in my hair.
2: Um, oh, God. Okay, and I think actually because that's going to take me solo. Um, let me reread this real quick I was wrong when I gave my description I was incorrect, I said that it was just the avatar, it is when I or my avatar are dealt damage I may use my reaction to divide the damage between us, how much am I taking? 8 points of damage I think I'm going to divide that, because I don't want to go that low so 4 damage to me, and 4 damage to the ward so we will both be at 7 hit points <laughs> Yeah. Oh.
4: Also, no. no, no, no. This isn't. This is just, just, just uh, as a, as a bit of warning. If you choose to play this class and use this ability, if you fail to perform the action of throwing up at your enemy, but if you fail to perform this action before the duration of the recipe ends, i.e., the end of your next round, um, you must take this action on your next turn, targeting yourself. You automatically hit with the attack, and fail on
0: the save. Ooh, awesome. We didn't so move it's pukering to... it off the pot. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> then move on
4: to knock
3: too. Okay. <laughs> Time to wash all of this clean. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to deal with Serith, but I think people need healing. So, um... Yeah, I'm gonna do Prayer of Healing, actually. So everyone's gonna get uh, 2d8 plus 4 Wow So that's 13 uh, Thanks of healing I think Prayer of Healing takes 10 minutes
0: yeah. doesn't it? Does it take 10, 10 minutes?
2: minutes? I was gonna say that seemed pretty awesome For yeah 4th level is Yeah that...
0: casting time is 10 minutes
3: Never mind.
0: I'm so sorry
3: uh, We'll start now We'll get
0: back to you in 60 rounds
3: <laughs> Ah okay um, Yeah no I'll write that down. Actually, <laughs> um, so I don't do that again. I'm going to use freezing grasp. So freezing grasp is a cantrip that's been uh, reflavored for this uh, for this class. So it's an attack roll, and I rolled a 17 to hit. Okay, on the big guy. Um, on oh, well on Sareth. Sareth? Yes. Okay. Uh, what was it, 17 17. That definitely hits, yes. Okay. And then I do a d8 of pull damage. So, I do one point of pull damage, and, and this is a big deal, he can't take reactions after I hit it. That's, okay. So if-, if he was planning on any reactions... He it's wasn't, but that cold damage was enough to make his nip
0: show
4: through his leather armor. Since he can't take a reaction, you could actually move out of his you could force him to move to you as we have
3: I was I was gonna move anyway. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna move towards everyone else where uh, All right. You run away from the exploded head of your former ally. As uh, <laughs> As uh, I don't really, I'm really digging the visuals that you're presenting. <laughs> LA is a very no, it's seriously, like
0: it's even in here that his head explodes <laughs> and spores shoot out of it, like that one documentary about the ants that have that fungus. That yeah, oh, thinking, that's exactly like, what happened. I was just thinking of scanners. There you go. Yeah, no, it's it's there's some really grody details in this book. Okay, um, he is going to then, after that happens, point at yet another corpse within his range, and some of his wounds heal again as. Oh! They really heal as that corpse is. Uh, the spores travel to his person. Okay, we then
2: move on to Squig. Hmm. I'm almost wondering if we destroyed some of the corpses, if that would just to stop that from happening. Or is it just better to just like keep piling damage on him? This is like a fifty by fifty square of nothing but corpses. So, Fireball? Yeah, yeah. Anybody? Fireball? <laughs> Fireball would <was> be effective. So. <laughs> yeah. Da, 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 da. Wait, wait. One of those scrolls we had just happened. Wrapping... <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, right, all right. So um, yeah you know, this big, this big uh, Mike in it that I'm fighting—that me and uh, are on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he used his ability against Sarah, right? Okay, so it's this guy. In order to avoid taking an, an, an opportunity attack, I will use Nimble Escape, which is a goblin ability. Uh, I may disengage or hide as a bonus action, so I'm just going to, like, utilize that and just kind of shimmy down the back. of am going to slide down his tail yeah. and uh, disengage real quick as a bonus action. I like to think um, you do the little flip off the tail. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, <laughs> the little, like Fred Flintstone. Yes. <laughs> and so I'll just kind of shimmy down the tail and hop to the ground behind him. And then I will cast Cure Wounds, which one of my spells. All right. Cure Wounds, mark off that I'm using it. And Cure Wounds is, because I should have been looking at the 7th. I apologize. No, you're fine. So 7 plus 3 for 10. All right. Okay. We then, oh, oh and, and then Bitterfang yep. will actually go, so. That's right. I need to put a little dash here that so I remember there's two characters yeah. on All right. So Bitterfang now locked in the throes of combat. <sighs> Plus 7. Uh, 19 to hit. That hits, yes. It's a yes. bite attack of 2d6 plus 5. Um, 11. Oh, 13. Nice. Chompy-chompy. Yeah, that's like great sword damage Where the bite attack. Yeah, and it's built in. That is awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, now that you guys have uh, kind of backed off a little bit, he is going to... Release a burst of caustic spores. So, a 30-foot cone, which would catch you, Bitterfang, and, um, uh, well, how far did you move up, Dave? Uh, I would have just moved my full, uh, with okay. speech, So 30 It would catch you then. Uh, you moved up 20, so then it would catch you as well. So I need everybody to give me a dexterity saving throw. I am
4: going to eat my strawberry vanilla cupcake. <laughs> Oh no! cloud of course. This sugary dessert is shaped to resemble an edible pink rose. I consume this recipe as a reaction to being subjected to an effect that allows me to make a dexterity save to basically give me evasion. So I'll take half on a save or no damage on a. That is a thirteen. Okay, yes. If you roll higher than a
0: 12, you are not affected by this. So uh, if you roll less than that, you take three acid damage at the start of each of his turns. Mm. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns. So that is what he did. That was convenient.
2: Ward got 13. I got 22.
0: All right. Damn I nice. had eight. Okay, so you take it, and then uh, you chart. I got the Okay, yeah. So then only... Uh, Uh, Noctu is affected Uh, We then move on to the Drow Spore Servant Uh, The one that is up front is going to once again attack Oh no, because you slid off, didn't you? I
2: did, I tried to get in between some folks
0: Okay, oh no He was on, uh, excuse me, he was on uh, Chark, so he's going to attack Chark again Uh, That one may not hit Only a Oh, a 15? Uh, My AC is 16 Okay, so he does not hit you. Uh, his his halfway rotted arm just doesn't have the dexterity, uh, and it swings past you. The Mike, the large uh, micated adults uh, close within ten feet of all of you, but are not quite able to get to you yet. Next turn, they will. And then Sareth in the back is going to advance forward, and uh, you would be the next closest, I think, because you move, move you move thirty feet. Correct? Yes. Okay then. Uh, uh, Hammitch, he is going to attack you. That won't hit though, with an eight. Actually. Will it hit? No. Okay, I was gonna say I thought I thought the the minimum was ten. So, all right, uh, Chark, it is now your turn. Okay,
1: I will. How many how many uh hit points does Bitterfang has, Mike?
2: Uh, Bitterfang is at seventeen, and I'm sitting at seven. Okay. Uh, are you happy keeping him locked in combat? I can help you get him out, if not. Uh, I'm okay with it. I have two more first-level spells, so I can continue healing him from behind. Okay. <clears throat> I will attack with my Bone Whip once more on
1: the Giant Fungal Creature, increasing my damage die by 1d8, because of every <laughs> successful hit. So brutal. Hit. Just stacking up ah. damage, huh? Yeah. That is going to be a 6 star, uh, 18 to hit, so. Yes, that does hit. Alright, 2d8 damage. That is 15 points of slashing damage, and I will use a bonus action to whip at him again within the air and try and uh, use my command to frighten him once more, or intimidate him. Okay. So. Oh, that is going to be over a uh, 20, so he gets uh, critical success. Okay. okay, yeah, no, he only rolled okay.
0: a 10 on that, so yeah.
1: He has a uh, disadvantage on saving throws for a minute, so I'm just, like, screaming at him
0: in my native tongue, <laughs> Teron. And, uh... <laughs> all right, and I like to think that since you're a bat person, that whole screeching type thing, oh, God, that would, that would kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, and that was enough to bring him well below bloody, despite all of the healing he's been doing to himself. All right. Uh, anything? Uh, no, that way you already used
4: your bonus action. So Hammett, your turn. Yeah. Mm. Um. So this drow. I uh, may as well. Uh, how's everyone
2: looking? Seventeen and seven for his. It. I'm fine. I am going to use that
4: ladle. That <laughs> giant Hellbeast! beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh <God.
0: laughs> it's a, <better> thing. <laughs> it's a Scooby to, snack. It's I'm exactly in,
2: what I
4: was thinking. <laughs> I am going to uh, utilizing my bonus action to feed, feed people recipes uh, from from distance away with the, the ladle that uh, I suppose I should I should It's uh, a snack a bolt. Uh, yeah, it's a snack a uh, so so many of you you gain three special chef weapons as a part of the chef's arsenal of tools. One of them being the ladle, which is, when used as a weapon, deals 1d4 bludgeoning damage. But it also has a special ability. When wielding a ladle, you can feed a creature a recipe from up to 30 feet away. The creature you you feed must use its reaction to catch and consume the recipe. So I am launching a pan-fried skewer (laughs) at Bitterfang. Um, skewer attached. There are possible piercing damage there. This skewer is layered with a variety of meats and vegetables that that fried until soft and crunchy. Once consumed, you become invigorated by a momentary boost of power. Whenever you make a damage roll during this recipe's duration, so for the next minute, you can choose to deal bonus damage equal to the Chef's Wisdom modifier and under recipe. So, for the next minute, at some point in time when he deals damage, he can choose to deal an extra three points of damage. Just because I fed him. That's awesome. And then, so, (laughs) as my regular action, I am going to, uh, slash at the drow with my chef's knife. Oh, that one's first one of the game, too. All right. And as I miss, I am just going to straight up run. Okay. I'm I'm going to just go about... I'm going to run up by the... he rolls at a disadvantage. Okay. Yeah, uh, that was an 8 plus 2, so... so once again, just because it, sh- it should be known, uh, I have a special aura from my uh, pastry chef specialty that says all creature, all hostile creatures within 5 feet of me make opportunity attacks at disadvantage. Actually, that would have been a 12. Does that hit you? No, it's not. Okay. I'm not even wearing my hand. <laughs> okay. Nope, uh... So I will I'll just kind of run over by the, the larger, more protected beast. All just right. And my ladle. Doc two, it is your turn. Okay, so yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cast uh, Shield of Faith as a bonus action on either Swig or Bitterfang, whichever. What are the benefits? It's just plus two AC. Does it have a minimum or a maximum that it um, I do? No, I don't think so. okay standard plus um, two, like a shield. Yeah, that would put Bitterfang up to 19. Yeah, okay. okay. Whichever one, one of you wants to take it. And then I am going to cast uh, Frostbite on uh, Seraph, so that's a con save. Ah oh, yeah, he fails that big time. Okay, so he's going to take five pole damage, and he has disadvantage on his next attack. Okay, he is getting way down there in points. Um,
2: as far as that's concerned. Uh, okay, we move on then to Squig. All right, so uh, maintaining my position, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and cast another of my spells. I'll cure again. Okay. okay. So, actually, this one I'm going to put on myself because seven is not a good place to be. Eight <laughs> D- plus three. Woo! Max out. Eleven points. I'll show it to Bob. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Okay, and then Squig. Or er, sorry. And then the. Oh yeah, there. I was reading. Better Fang. He'll maintain his attack, taking the advantage of the spicy snack. Um. Thirteen. These are actually a little difficult to read. 13 plus 720 to hit. Holy crap, yes. And 2d6 plus 8. So 5 plus 8, 13. Okay.
0: That definitely... He definitely feels that one. Uh, We then... uh, He's going to point at a corpse uh, right as that happens and absorbs some of that corpse's essence into himself. Not a whole Uh, lot, though, on that one. Okay. Uh, We then move on to all the creatures. Uh... He is going to. Oh, okay, this will be fun. Um, you always love to hear that from the DM. Exactly. Don't you? They, oh. Exactly. Uh, he releases a cloud uh, with a ten-foot radius that lingers for one minute. Any flesh and blood creature in the cloud when it appears or enters it later must uh, make a t- DC 12 Constitution saving throw. So go ahead and everybody within ten feet of him make a Constitution save, DC 12.
2: Okay. Better Fang will fail. Okay. I will succeed (laughs) with flying colors. All right. On a successful save,
0: the creature isn't infected by these spores for 24 hours. On a failed save, the creature is infected with a disease called the spores of Zygmatoi or Zugtmoy, and also gains a random form of indefinite madness that lasts until the creature uh, is cured of the disease or dies. While infected in this way, the creature cannot be reinfected, and it must repeat the saving throw at the end of every 24 hours, ending the infection on its success. On a failure, the infected creature's body is slowly taken over by fungal growth, and after three failed saves, the creature dies and is reanimated. Uh, Okay, Uh, we then move on to the Spore Servant, Um, the two that are alive, one of them is going to trudge forward and attack, um, I'll roll to see who this time, Uh, Odds, Dave, Even, Micah, Uh, that was even, so Micah does a 14 hit. Does not hit. Okay, Uh, the other one is going to attack Chark again, Uh, an 8 or a 9 will not hit you, Chark, I'm sure. The two Mykoden adults have now gotten within range. Uh, One of them is going to attack Chark, the other one is going to close on Squig. Wow. So, wow, that is a nine for you, Chark, but a 17 for you, Squig. Mm, yep. Okay. Squig, you are going to take four points of bludgeoning damage and three points of poison damage. Ouch. We then move on to chark. Alright.
1: I will
2: keep attacking this giant man. Alright. Oh, Fungle creature, sorry. Oh. Can I use my reaction people. to split that between me and the work? Yeah. So actually um, it's an odd number though. Ward took the eating the thing. Do you guys share a reaction or are they? Similar? Actually uh, you have a point. It is yeah. Okay. Well actually does the ward get its own reaction. I'm gonna check that right now. Because since he threw it to the warp, if the warp takes a reaction, does that count for both of us?
0: I don't know. You look that up, go um, ahead no. and uh, that's a 13 to hit. No, 13 does not quite hit. He has a doughy consistency, and so you may hit him with a whip, but it doesn't necessarily damage. I know how to deal with dough!
1: <laughs> Somebody break <make> it! <laughs> no, that means my uh, damage
0: dice reset. I uh,
1: will then use a bonus action to turn to one of these creatures next to me. Whoever is looking the most- actually I'll do it on the mic nib. Okay. I will try and intimidate him, so I'll look above his head and shriek at him. Oh, I'm really, I'm rolling really well. Uh, that's going to be uh, the most critical. So, if he fails a charisma saving throw, he has disadvantage on saving throws for a minute. 10. Okay, he has disadvantage on saving throws for a oh, minute. Oh no! Okay. Alright. Second last will dice of the day.
0: Okay. Uh, once again, Yesterbrod is going to point at a corpse. And actually, you know what? No, this time when he points at a corpse, it explodes. I need um, Bitterfang, uh, Squig, and Chark to all make, uh, let's see here, dexterity saving throw of 12. 21. Oh, that's an 11 for oh, no. Bitterfang. And I'm good. If you failed, you took eight points of acid damage.
4: Damage. Oh um, running out of options of things to do and it's making me think about things to do. You're a chef, not a singer. <laughs> Excuse me, but I have proficiency with performance.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say I think, I think I've seen that Italian movie or that movie where the Italian chef is singing something while making something. Might have been Lady in the Tramp.
4: Yeah, he Everybody loves the Disney movies. <laughs> um This ladle is not doing me much good, so I'm going to just quickly uh stick in my bag and pull out another one of my chef's knives. And uh regret this decision. <laughs> um I'm actually gonna throw both of these knives at the mic in it. Okay. Just all right first knife will a 19 hit yeah very much so and that will deal five points of slashing damage to him all right the second one will also hit and the chef's knives allow for an added or to allow me to add my uh modifier to the damage on the second attack as well okay uh, for
0: Six points of slashing damage. All right, he's about uh, halfway there to be in the right size for a Philly steak sandwich. Hey,
4: that's another Philly steak,
0: <laughs> AKA he's at below bloody. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, once again, Yestaban is going to point at yet another corpse. However, this one he is going to absorb into himself yet again.
3: Uh, not for a whole lot,
0: but uh, he does absorb some of that.
3: All right, we then move on to knock two. All right, I'm going to use Ice Knife on Yestabraw. Okay. So that is a 13 to hit. Does not hit. And then the Ice Knife explodes, and I need a... What is it? He failed it. Yep, he
0: failed it. However, he has Legendary Resistance, so he chooses to succeed instead. Okay. All right. Uh, anything like half on a save? I don't think he takes half on, save, half on a save. Okay. We then move on to Squeak. Well, I'm at nine. Scooby's at eleven. I'm just gonna
3: keep lending?
0: Oh shoot! Didn't uh, Bitterfang fail the deck save on that one? Sp- oh no, that was Dave. You failed the deck save. Uh, the deck save on the caustic spores for the acid Yeah, more? Uh, go ahead and roll your saving throw twice, because we forgot the last two rounds. So that is an 18 and a Okay, six. yep, nope. The first one would pass, so then you would no longer take it. All right, go ahead. Okay. Frank was infected by that one thing. No, it wasn't. It was Dave. There was okay. only one person on that one. Okay. Uh, now, the infectious spores, though, uh, it's once per 24 hours he makes that
2: save. Okay. And then, yeah nothing that's going to affect us right here in the mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, so we'll... That's a d20. I'm going to heal with a d20. <laughs> so, cure wounds. Uh, 4 plus 3 for 7. They'll go back up to 18. That's not... Sorry. They'll go back up to 16. And... Heal attack. Um... 12. Not Probably quite enough. not, not going to make it. Alright. Um, that's pretty
0: much the pick- it Right? Alright, I was going to say, mushrooms don't have near the AC, the big guy does. Uh, Big guy is going to go ahead and since he can't release any more spores for today, uh, he is just going to... He's just, oh no! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, He's just going to slam into Bitterfang. Nine probably will not hit. Seventy. Are, but close. Uh, the uh, spore servant uh, that's up front is going to attack Chark along with the Micadin that is on Chark. Let's see here. Uh, that's a nine and a twelve. They're rolling terribly against me. Aren't they? Yeah, they are. I'm not using my metal dice today. Uh, I'm using just regular. So I'm not used to rolling this low. Uh, the. Uh, Sareth is going to go ahead and attack Dave again. Uh, no, he's uh, going to attack uh, Hamish again. So up and attack me. Yep, that is a 16 to hit. Just hits. Okay. And he deals uh, six points of piercing damage to you. And then the two and I, or the one other Mikonid that's left is going to pummel uh, Squid. Oh, that is a 16 to hit. Yep. All right. You take four points of bludgeoning damage, as well as four points of poison damage. That's <laughs> <me>
2: three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Chark, it is your turn. Oh, I haven't taken a reaction this time, though. There you go. All right, so we'll split that. That uh, eight, four, and, four seven and twelve. All right, Chark, it is your turn. Alright, <clears throat> you just use your reaction, Mike? I did, just use my reaction.
1: Okay. I will. Mm.
0: So, there are. Any, how many enemies around Squig? Uh, there are two. Uh, there is one Mycodid on Squig, a Mycodid, and a Spore Servant on you, and then uh, on Hamich, and the big guy that you are kind of standing in front of as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. How far away is Squeak from me? 10, 5 foot, something like that. He slid off the back of uh, of
2: Bitterfang, so he's within 5 or 10 feet. Yeah, I tried to kind of stay protected between allies. Okay. I will whip out the Mighty attacking
1: Squeak. Alright.
0: Yeah, get him! <laughs> that is
1: going to be a 17 to hit? Yes, more than enough. Okay. Uh, it is, oh, max
0: damage uh, 12 points of damage. Awesome. That is enough to bring him of bloody.
1: And then for my bonus action, I will do absolutely nothing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. Damage. Um, I am going to pull out my pan. Ah. Not going to not going to get much out of it, but I'm going to take a swing at Sarah. All right. An 11 mauler. 12, 13 while I hit. No, not quite. And then run away. (laughs) (laughs) Alright.
0: You take one opportunity attack. At disadvantage. At disadvantage. I rolled a 3 so it doesn't matter. Uh, So that definitely doesn't hit you.
4: And just scoot over a little bit using my bonus action to shove some orange cake down Squake's throat. (laughs) (laughs) Here, eat this! (laughs) This cake is mixed with orange zest and coated in orange juice icing. What's consumed, you regain a number of hit points equal to one d six plus the chef's modifier. So you will regain seven hit points. That was for me.
0: Yes. Okay. I'm having some flashbacks okay. to when Virgil stuffed his bloody hand into uh, TJ's character's mouth to heal him.
4: No, it's I'm just you know, just open oh, wide, down that <laughs> okay, Open the wide, it's going in that match. No, no reaction required by me. Nope, because it's uh, I'm just feeding it directly to you. And how many points was that? Seven points. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And now, since mm, i wielded wielding Japan, I have a plus two to my All right. I, I really hope you've named Japan
0: Eggs Caliber. <laughs>
4: it's not a <the> sword. <laughs> it's, it's a great club. <laughs> okay. Knock
3: two, it is your turn. Um, I'm going to cast Bless and give a d4 die to everyone. So okay. all three of you. Ooh. And then that's a concentration as well. Um, as the Shield of Faith, so Shield of Faith is gonna turn off. Okay. So, all right, Bitterfang is back down
0: to 17. Correct.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. We then move so on. for that D4, oh.
2: uh, that applies to all friendly party members.
3: Yes.
0: yes.
2: yeah Both uh, me and Bitterfang would get one.
3: It's three creatures.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. So,
3: so Bitter, so who would be the three you would yeah. pick out? Um, it'd be. It definitely be. Chark, Hamish,
2: and then either Squig or... If it's between me and Fang, I would give it to Fang, because okay. he's actually trying to do damage. I'm just trying oh. to help you yep. okay. uh, not die. As a legendary
0: action, uh, he is going to go ahead and explode another corpse. I need Bitterfang, uh, Squig, and Chark to all make dexterity saving throws. 12 or higher. You can add a D4 to <laughs> that. Yes, you can add a D4 to that saving throw.
2: 14. <laughs> 14 for Fang, he's good, and I got 7. You take 7 points of acid damage. I've lost the orange cake can I have another? I did not make enough.
4: Please,
0: sir, may Please, I have sir, another. May I
2: have a- Please, sir, may I have another? If you realize uh, okay. cooking is
4: not an instantaneous action. It takes time to make masterpieces. <laughs> okay. All right. It is now on to Squig. <laughs> oh
2: my god. Okay. Squig is going to use his. I forgot the name of it. Uh, nimble escape. I will disengage as a bonus action. Okay. I'm back away. Um. Enough feet. I don't know. Not, not too many. Enough feet. <laughs> Enough feet. I'll <laughs> oh, back away. Um, I will. We'll start by attacking with... Actually, Fang's going to spin around. I'm assuming that he literally could just do a 180 yeah. and attack that in it that was coming after me. Yep. He's yeah. going to do that. Just kind of rotate so no uh, opportunity attacks. Kay. Um. Uh, so that's Ten. Not quite enough. Very not close, but enough. not quite. All right. And then I will turn to the F page for Fire Bolt. I thought I was going to say something else. Uh-huh. Uh, hurling the motor fire to creature object within range. On hit, turning his d10 fire damage. So, okay. Did it jump a tier? I don't remember what level it jumps up to 2d10. Um, Should Oh say fifth level. Uh, so 15 plus dex, so... Yep. 18 to hit. That more than hits. All right, so... And it was the Maikin in your The it, yeah. Two. Okay. Two points of damage.
0: You need more heat to make the dough. <laughs> he is... Uh, you have begun sautéing the mushrooms up, but they are not quite there yet. So the trick with... <laughs> 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 Are you teaching us to cook? <laughs> yeah, we're going to start our own cooking show on this now. Okay, we then, uh, actually at the end of your turn, um, he still has another charge left, I believe. So he's going to go ahead and uh, explode another corpse. So I need all three of you to give me another dexterity save. <laughs> actually, I'm next to him. I need a make my dexterity save, too. Yes, you do. Ha <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you roll less than a 12, it is three points of acid damage. Um, so Fang is doing All right. Have many three? Three. <laughs> we then move on to the enemies. Uh, the big dude is once again just going to smack the wolf. Or the ward, excuse me. Uh, that is a 17 to hit. Yep. Okay, and it deals... I was going to say on the nose, but it, it would be more on the tail. <laughs> he boops the nose with the newspaper. Uh, deals uh, six, uh, seven points of bludgeoning damage and... Oh, crap. Uh, and 12 points of poison damage. Okay, he's out. Okay. Uh, uh, then the
2: myconid... Allow me to...
4: Inner
2: Fang! No! Does he, like, disappear or does he fall? He basically, yeah, because they are summoned. Yes. So he just kind of, like, dissolves away. Okay, he dissolves away. And the Mykonid and
0: one Spore Servant are going to close on you. So you take two attacks. Uh, Let's see. Does a... uh, Well, 19 is the highest. The other one is, like, five.
2: Okay, the 19 will hit. All right. You will take... This may be it for me, also.
0: Yeah, you take six points of piercing damage. Yep. I keep forgetting, I still have that less. Okay, uh, let's see. There is uh, one Mykonid that is going to attack um, uh, Chark. Yep. That is, oh, that one actually will hit with a 17. All uh, right, excuse me, 18. Mm-hmm. All right, you take, where's my d4s? I never, I hate rolling more than one d4 for damage type. Okay, that is um, five points of bludgeoning, and thank you, my and seven points of poison. Oh, man. And then Sareth, who is still alive, kind of, um, attacks, uh, let's see, Hamich. Uh, No, because you moved way up. So then he would attack. uh,
4: No, I didn't. I didn't get that far away from him because it's been just like you like I move ten feet, then he follows me, then like move a little bit. Yeah, I think
0: you were still behind him though. So he would go to you because he's just attacking the nearest target without any kind of cause. Uh, I rolled an eleven plus a uh, four, so fifteen.
3: That will hit. Yep.
0: Okay. Then you will take six points of piercing damage. All right. uh, That is everybody. So we move on to Chark.
1: Well, then, I will run away to a point where I am ten feet away from any enemy, so none can attack me, but uh, attacks opportunity
0: currently have disadvantage on me with these good speed. Oh, uh, that will definitely hit. Uh, my lowest was a 17. Okay. Okay, uh, so then you will take six points. Oh, no, excuse me, wrong one. There was the mic in it that attacked you. So you would take... Um, four points of bludgeoning, and three points of poison. I am on six HP. I, uh... <laughs> back up. I'm gonna... Mm,
1: I will... These guys are definitely immune to poison, so... I will just whip at the mine Okay. <laughs> that is going to be a 15 to hit. Yes, that hits. Now uh, he takes... Seven points of slashing damage. Fairly standing. And. Are
0: any of you in a position where you would like to disengage? Um, I don't think. Dave. I'm... Would you want to try and disengage? Because you were the last one attacked.
3: Um, yeah,
0: I can. Yeah. Okay.
1: I will expend my last will dice to use just fall back, and I will just, uh, hold on to my whip. Not gonna whip them off uh, their head to help them disengage or anything, but, I'm um, just gonna shout out. Uh,
0: go, go, go! <laughs> <laughs> I sound French now, I can't, I can't help but put on a little bit of a French accent. It's I am text- sorry! I was gonna say, for the escape, I was <laughs> almost expecting Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get to the chopper! Uh! <laughs> All right. um, you
1: can move your full speed in any direction you want as a disengage, as a reaction, that is.
0: Cool. Okay, yeah, so you disengage disengaged indeed?
3: Yeah, I'd move a little bit further away.
0: Okay, yep, you guys are all kind of clustered up around your fallen ally. We then move on to... Uh, actually, you know what? He is going to explode another corpse. Woo! He's going to explode the corpse of our dear, dear friend here, Squig. Oh, 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 oh. You're not dead-dead, it just says that he uses a corpse to, um, uh, gore, gore, <laughs> oh, all, and acid erupt uh, no, excuse me, um, Gestaban absorbs the Pustulance from a corpse within five feet. You're within five feet. So he heals, and that was a significant heal, thank you, Mike.
2: We then move on to... You can't see it, but my face is...
0: What? <laughs> exactly, right? You are going towards the light at this point. You're still unconscious. Technically, you're not a corpse. You would have exploded somebody near you because um, you're not technically all the way dead yet. Uh, we then move on to <laughs> damage. No, dead, <laughs> <Not>
2: dead. yet.
4: <Unyetly laughs> dead. Exactly. You can see death from here.
2: I'm going to... I would say that technically, yeah, you're not actually a corpse until you've failed your third yes. death save. Exactly. You're just unconscious at this point. Just got to give you shit about it. I don't want to kill my friends. (laughs)
4: I'm going to regret this. The best
0: thing to say before you do something in D&D?
4: But I feel like every little bit helps. So, we're going to drop the pan. Pull out two more chef's knives and... <laughs> okay. That is a 18 plus 5. 23 to hit. Who? Uh, the Mikanid. Okay, yes. For... 7 points of slashing damage. Would that be the one on
0: Chark, or the one that dropped... The big one. Oh, the big guy. Okay. Yep. Yes, that hits.
4: 7. 8. Well... Fifteen probably won't hit well. Exactly what you need. Sweet. So he will take uh, another. He'll seven points of slashing damage. All right. He is not looking good at this point. Knock. Uh, and I will. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Uh, and uh, hopefully come back for the pad later. As I run about another twenty feet away from the the Viking did. he drop
0: Excalibur and it wedges itself between two stones, ready waiting for somebody, somebody to remove no, no, no. it. Yeah.
4: If anybody touches that pan, I will slay you. All right. Like Bobby. Knock <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh two. Okay, so
3: how close is everyone? Kind of uh, grouped up. You're all within like 15 feet of yeah. each other. Okay, so I'm going to, as my action, cast uh, Healing Spirit, which in my class is like five foot like puddle of healing water, okay. and then so. Until the spell ends, when you are a creature you can see moves into the spirit space for the first time, or start its turn there, uh, I can cause it to restore 1d6 hit points, and then I can move the, the puddle as a bonus action. Okay. So basically I'm going to move it so that it, like, so that everyone gets in it for, like, a
4: couple seconds. I feel a d6. I'm actually fairly good for hit points, so you can keep it on the other guys a little bit longer, because I've only taken the one hit that's they'll be not too terrible much. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And it just heals one target within that
3: or everybody? Um, Anyone who moves into it for the first time or starts their then. You could get both
0: Mike and Chark in a single
3: one uh, or you could probably get
0: both you and Squig. Or, uh, excuse me, um, Squig and Chark in one or you could get Hamish
3: and you in the other. So I'll probably do Squig and Chark. Yeah. Okay. So that's fine. It's a healing for both. Okay. So then, Mike, you are back up with five health points. All right. But I'm still laying down right now, yeah? Yep.
0: But just in time, because it is now your turn. Okay. Uh, well... Actually, you know, before that, he's going to absorb another corpse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bastard. It's okay. Okay, go ahead, Mike. All
2: right. Um, as I stand up, am I in range of anybody? Are they... I mean, like, am I within melee range of anyone?
0: No. You would have been, um... Uh, well, no, the one Mike in it uh, that dropped you, yes, you'd be within okay. that range. And how is he looking? <laughs> Almost dead.
2: I mean, he's very close to being totally sauteed. All oh, right. I should have used this before, but... Oh, also, you were talking about that Bless. How does that work? Because I think I failed to... Bless like adds,
0: lets you add a d4 to attack ro- attack uh, rolls and save. Yep.
2: Okay. okay. So I didn't use that. I wasn't keeping that in mind with all the things that happened before. But no point in going back. We can record. We go, we'll go back and listen to it. <laughs> Just step back about 30 minutes and, and exactly. delay progress. Um, Hi, this so is Mike. I did remember to use my Bless.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm an experienced gamer. Yeah. What's that? Healing Spinner? Is that concentration? Yeah, it's concentration, so you wouldn't have the uh, D4 anymore. Okay,
4: Bless is now drunk.
2: Oh I'm glad I got to make use of it. Yeah. Okay. Um so have already been my choice, you? Stand up and, and let's use that uh this might be a little overkill, let's use that scorching ray. Okay. And, uh, and you roll those individually so you can
0: change targets halfway through if Oh, that's good. technically you're supposed to declare your targets as you're doing it, but I don't care.
2: Three rays for all of my targets within range, for them one target or several, make range spell attack on uh, a on a hit, target takes two, six, five. Range. You say he's not looking too good? Oh, Lord, no. Um, then just in case I miss with one, do I roll the same attack? Different, I roll for each bolt, right? Correct. Yes. Okay, so let's say, let's do two with the mic in that's on me, just in case I miss with one of them, and we'll do the third one at the big guy. All right. Okay. So the two on the mic and it's three. Uh, twenty-one and seventeen. Both hit? So two D six and two D six. Six damage and five damage. Eleven total. He has
0: the
4: perfect golden brown cedar on
0: the outside as he falls.
4: Uh, oh, as he falls. Might I uh, bother you for some think up my pot, sweet so I think I'm right. Yes, you hit Egg's Calibre
0: and completely
2: melt it into a nothing but slag. If we survive! <laughs> if we survive! <laughs> um, Alright, so next bolt on the big monster hit. 13 plus 3 for 16. Yes, right. that is it. 2d6 fire damage. 2d6 sauteing damage. Yes. Um, 6 damage. Not bad. Yeah. He is really not looking good.
0: He's the lowest he's been yet with you guys. All right. We then uh, move on to them. He is, once again, uh, he's going to slowly, I don't know what you want to call it, undulate forward. He's a giant larva. Um, yeah. He moves forward, <laughs> forward and attacks a uh, Let's see, uh, I guess, Squig, you would probably still be the closest. Yeah. So he's going to slam into you... 17 to hit? Yes. Okay. And thank you for the d4, Micah. He deals. Uh, let's I see. I can see it from here. I'm back down. Okay, yep, you're back down. You also take an additional amount of poison damage, but it won't matter. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm immune to your poison damage!
4: <laughs> exactly. You can't kill me if I'm already dead. I am immune to his poison damage. All right.
0: Uh, The Myconid that's attacking Chark along with the one Spore Servant will do so again. Both will hit. The lowest was a 17. So you will take, um, from the one, the Myconid will deal six points of bludgeoning and three points of poison. And the Drow will deal three points of piercing. I am down. All right. then we have uh, Sereth once again. Sereth is going to attack knock two. That will definitely hit with a twenty-two. Uh, only dealing to you six damage. Oh only. Only. <laughs> it's better than Max. Alright. Uh, Chark, it is your turn. I'll make a death turn. Alright. I failed.
4: Okay. One failure. Damage. So it's two, four. Pulling out two more chef's knives. I've got four left after I throw these. Okay. And throw them at the big guy. All right. Clench your cheeks. This could get messy. <laughs> that is a twelve. I thought that was a one. <laughs> no, that misses, unfortunately. That does hit, though. Yes, it does. Unfortunately, I'm only dealing. Six points of slashing damage. (laughs) Okay. I'm just like, why?
3: (laughs) My knife has failed me. (laughs) Knock two. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna move my healing spirits around to the two that are down. It's still there, so you can heal both of them. Yep, okay. So, that's one point of healing. You're both up! (laughs) Wow. Thank you. And then, um... Are, is anyone else like within 30 feet of them? Or Yeah, everybody is kind of within 30 feet. Okay, so I'm probably going to move it over to damage. I'm fine. You're fine? I've um, taken 6 points of damage this entire fight. I'm going to move it towards myself and give myself 6 points for a d6 of healing. So yep. that's 2 for me. And then... So moving it is a bonus action, so I'm also going to cast the cantrip frostbite at um, probably the mycanid. And that is a uh, con save. Oh, okay, gotcha. Disadvantage. Alright. That will fail with a whopping two. Alright. So it takes one point of cold damage. I recommend a different
2: die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, raid my The problem box. is, those got are red, it. and you're a waterbender, so you need to be using Oh, them. yes. Oh, yep. oh yep. that is the, the problem. See, elemental opposites, you've actually been hamstringing yourself before exactly. get
3: that. <laughs> and then the uh, Mike and it has a uh, disadvantage on a snatch attack.
0: Okay. Uh, we then move on to. You... Squig.
2: Yes, Squig. Okay. uh, Well, I'm standing here. (laughs) I'm back. I will stand up with one health and... Deja vu again. Let's see here. Deja vu. Um, So, what's left
0: exactly? There is one Maikadin left that dropped um, Chart. There is uh, Serith still that is pummeling from the back, as well as another one that is on Chart, and then the big guy.
2: Boy, I tell you what. Uh, Don't forget, Mike. You have
4: potions of healing
2: on you. Yeah. I just, i always I feel like it's that. kind of a waste yeah. when you're at such a low level. But like, like I'm at one hit point, or if I'm at four, and then I run, I drink, I, I spend my action drinking it, and then I just get knocked down to zero again. Whereas that's kind of a, a, a like a meta aspect of this version is. One health and six health are basically the same thing when you're dealing with that. Exactly. So I'd rather not. I mean, I appreciate the, the advice there. I should have it's taken the reminder earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've got. We do. I do have Firebolt. And. Or the Crossbow. Or the Dagger. Actually, you know what? Where's this Mike it at?
0: Uh, the Mike at just
2: dropped Chark. So he's pretty I'm gonna close I'm going to step forward. Prepare for goblin death. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and jump in and go at him with the dagger. Okay. Because I do have an ability called Fury of the Small. You can add your level to damage uh, once per short rest. Awesome. That's a little goblin ability. Um, but I'm gonna miss with a an eight. No, yeah, that's close, but not quite what it needs to. <laughs>
0: On to all the enemies. Mm-hmm. Alright, we then, uh, let's see, the, uh, Drow is going to, uh, we're going to start with Seraph attacks, uh, two yet again. That was an at-one, though, so he totally missed awesome. it. Now, thank you for the, the DM clap. Um, and then All in ones get your courtesy clap. Exactly. Uh, and then the one Drow Spore Servant is going to make a so, uh, short sword attack against Clark. Uh, that will likely hit with a 19. Yeah. Okay, and you were right, one... Yep. unconscious. Yep, you're unconscious again. He smacks you with the flat of the blade in the face yet again, uh, dropping you unconscious. And then um, the Micanid is going to advance on Squig, having just uh, been almost attacked. Right now. <laughs> that Probably won't hit with a 12, uh, 13. No. He misses. His large fists are very clumsy. I definitely maneuver muscle for rank. Exactly. The big guy is going to attack you once again, um, Squig. Mm. That was a 5, so he will definitely miss.
4: Because he also got disadvantage on that attack from But, but we're good. Yep. Okay. Uh, we move on to Chark. I will roll a d6.
0: I succeed. Yay! Not dead yet. If you do, you come back as moon bones. Bum,
4: bum, bum! (laughs) (laughs) Damage. Four left. Two chef's knives. Okay. That's the big guy. Okay. Want him dead. I don't get that. That is a 19 to hit. Yes. For six points of damage. Almost got him.
2: Nice. How do you end him?
4: Just the last knife, just right between the eyes, buries itself into his brain. Okay. Mike As... and and fungal gorgeous. As that happens,
0: both Sarath and the other drow spore servant collapse to the ground, completely dissolved. It is now just the mic it had left.
4: And that is why you don't mess with me... When I am considering cooking you. <laughs> <laughs> Knock
3: two. Oh, d- 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 there's Not one it. Mic in it left. One micinid? Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll use. Um, let me see. I'll use chill touch. That's a that's an attack roll. Yes. That's uh, a crit. That's a crit. That okay. is okay. Awesome. It doesn't happen that it doesn't, it doesn't say 20. It's a yeah, a symbol.
2: Symbol. Damn um, Magic the Gathering dice. You, can you can't them. use those. it. Yeah, it's it's a spin up so you can see if you have got yeah. teens on it, you're good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So,
3: yeah, is that is that uh, full nope. plus No, nope. uh, we have to roll two, two
0: in uh add modifiers. 8 Four. Yahtzee, you killed him.
3: Well, yeah.
0: This okay. this hand of s- ghastly spectral energy just wraps around this midget and
3: destroys it. It's, it's actually a uh, watery energy and cold, uh, frosty yeah. water.
2: Like ah, okay. like okay. this
0: is like beer mug cold, okay. good beer mugs cold. <laughs> uh, uh, spectral hand that just frosts over this creature. Okay. All right, everything then goes silent. All of the moaning, screaming, screeching noises within this area completely goes silent. Just
4: wiping off my tongue. Does anybody have any gum?
0: Mint? <laughs> 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 yeah. We'll go with that juicy fruit. So that's the real deal. It's, it tastes amazing for about thirty seconds, and then it's nothing but rubber. So, Remind me never to eat that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys are able to end that, and everything goes completely silent. As you guys stand there, you start to hear something, almost a singing. Coming from further on, where Yormungus lives. I need to wonder. No, I said that wrong. I'm thinking of an entirely different... Oh, yeah, your mongoose the giant mushroom back. Who's mungus? who's mungus? Your
4: mungus! Ah. <laughs> you get a mungus, and you get a mungus! We all get a mungus. All right. So I'm going to pick Sorry. up, I'm going to go pick, grab my pan, and uh, spend a couple minutes wandering around finding all those knives that I've thrown. <laughs> you are able to recollect all of them, and you sharpen them and put them back in your chef's
0: roll. And uh, getting ready for your next episode of Chopped, which you should hopefully be on fairly soon. <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: I've been waiting for the back for a couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> As you guys
4: uh, then kind of, get... we assume that a uh, Chuck, someone gets Chuck up. Here's I will. I will use. I will pour one of my healing potions down his gullet. Okay. So <laughs> you gain five health points.
1: Woohoo! Okay. Woohoo!
4: Bob, your potion of healing is kind of.
0: Hey, yeah, I've got a, just a, uh, you know, Braden, I've got a little uh, glass jar here that says potion of healing with some uh, red see through. Oh, yeah, Mike's going to take a picture and post it. Um, with red clear dice in it that says 2d4 plus 2. So you just shake the potion bottle and you dump it, and that's your healing. Uh, I, th- I, saw, I saw it on Pinterest or Facebook or something, so I went ahead and made it. I've got a, I know a guy that's got a vinyl cutter that's actually going to cut me some vinyl, and we're gonna, I'm going to stick them on those and actually use them for the games, one for each different size. That's um, Yeah. I love that kind of crafty stuff. So you guys uh, finish all of that, and after looking around a little bit, you guys are able to find a suit of plus-two studded leather armor, a plus-two short sword and a Bag of Holding containing two Spell Scrolls, one of Remove Curse, the other of Spider Climb, as well as 40 Days of Rations, and 320 um, silver pieces. And then, of course, all of the um, Spore Servants, are all Spore Servants, um, are carrying short swords and chain shirts as well. So you guys are able to find that, and as you kind of walk forward a little bit, creeping very, very quietly with your Uh, uh, cloaks on, Uh, echoes spill from the misty cavern beyond. A cacophony of wheezing voices that rap together like some kind of discordant music. The remaining heads planted in the Garden of Welcome begin to croak and groan, joining the horrible song. Through the mist that shrouds the smaller cavern You see a parade of creatures uh, Responsible for the medley Their bodies are only vaguely humanoid With clusters of luminescent lichen Forming chaotic patterns On their decaying flesh Their voices stabbing into your minds Both insane and gleeful in equal parts From rocky bed To toadstool rose From chaos dark Her love she shows Wish, yearn, laugh the lady will be wed crave hunger dance her joyous spores will spread youth is gone beauty rots are you micus and Zygmatoi! join together heart to heart becoming one till death do part hail 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 this creepy tone fills your heads your minds and your ears as you get closer and closer This immediately sets off all of your danger sensors, and you immediately retreat, returning to Basidia to tell her what you have learned. She is extremely concerned with this after you reveal all of this to her, and she decides that it is time to take all of her followers out of the Neverlight Grove. So she retreats away from this insanity that is going on after you mention the name Zygmatoy and describe this creature. She identifies it as one of the Demon Lords. So she takes her followers and retreats. Before she does, though, she gives you your promised reward. Uh, she takes out a box of uh, a fine wooden box inlaid with silver that's worth 25 gold pieces. It contains three large amethysts worth 100 gold pieces each and three small diamonds worth 50 gold each, as well as one large diamond worth 500 gold pieces. Um, and uh, wishes you the best as she gets out of here with all of her people, is-
4: as you <laughs> <toward> the <road.
0: laughs> she ignores you, and she is also able to make you either one common or uncommon potion. Hmm. And then you all retreat. This is where we'll go ahead and end this first episode. When we pick up next time, we'll be playing an adventure from actually um, the expeditions section, as there wasn't a great spot to do a level eight adventure. So we're going to be doing The Way Down, which is a D&D Expeditions adventure. So join us next week as we do that. Say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <Sacre> bleu! <laughs> Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website, along with links to all the material at www.theadventuringguild.com. So thank you all very much, and we hope to see you next week.